0: To, you would think the Philadelphia it off your podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collins and Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Durso. How are you? How about them Phillies, buddy?
1: <laughs> how about them Phillies? Yeah, um, we're still wallowing in it a little bit. Yeah, it's Sunday morning. It, it all ended at about 1130 last night. Officially, I mean, if you were paying for, for everybody, it ended at a different time. I'm sure whether it was the home run last night or the no hitter in game four or in between, but that was well. You know what? If nothing else, the way that we talked about the Flyers last time we did a show, which was what right after the Phillies won the first round that they were in, which was a brand first new time, round yep. in the playoffs anyway, it's kind of crazy to think that we are nearly a month out from that point.
0: And by and the way, just from- now getting
1: to the part where the Flyers are going to become more relevant in terms of being one of the only things on, as opposed to hiding behind playing while the Eagles are on or playing while the Phillies are on or, you know, or playing behind multiple sporting events. Like, it's been a long time since we've been able to talk about in October where the Phillies are in the playoffs, the Eagles are playing well, and you have two other teams in the city getting their season started. You know, also, can't dismiss the Union making the MLS Cup either. Also,
0: also losing in the championship. You
1: had three teams play, or, well, two teams making a championship, one playing at a level that championship has to be a thought or play a long playoff run has to be. Oh yeah.
0: Game. And all the while the Eagles are eight. No, and looking That's like what they're I mean. going to right and looking like they're going to make a long run themselves. It's an exciting right. time like, to like be in Philadelphia. You can't deny out, that.
1: Yeah. And we talked about that before because of the fact like we, like I remembered and We'll get into this more when we get into the yeah. flyer stuff specifically, but yeah, just, we do
0: have a lot of flyers talk. We just have some, some other stuff off the top here.
1: Right. Because we started with this. But, hey, right. It was incredible in and of its own, but like, We had talked about this on a previous show going into the Flyers season where it was like, listen, the Flyers are flying behind everybody. Yep. Like, even the Union are doing things that, like, it's going to draw attention. The Sixers are getting started with expectations. Yep. Which, ironically enough, like, the Sixers are the team that have kind of been the most disappointed. They love
0: this hype the most because they've just kind of been struggling and flying under the radar, and they're not under nearly the magnifying glass they would be without this playoff run.
1: Right, so... Like, it's interesting. I mean, I think the Flyers are feeling that too, for sure, because it's like, listen, you know, you don't have to be like, it it makes, let's just like, it makes the attendance make sense. It makes probably the ratings, which like, I don't know the exact ratings. Like I didn't, I don't know what the ratings were last year when they were really awful in the middle of long losing streaks, but I'm sure it makes more sense when it's like, yeah, you know what? Like, okay. Perfect example. Saturday night. Game six of the World Series is on. The Union had just played in the MLS Cup. Who was paying attention to the Flyers at seven o'clock? You know, realistically, Fair. who was paying attention to the Flyers at seven o'clock? If not for like the you know, the way that I looked
0: at it, I watched the first hour just watching the Flyers. There was for Claude Juro.
1: I Claude drew
0: was the main story on Saturday. Well, Let's night. put it this
1: way. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to recall every single time this happened, but there was at least actually in the last two weeks, the flyers played on a Tuesday and Wednesday, both in Florida, like Tampa and Florida in the middle of games being on. Yep. It like Phillies playoff games. They played a game against Nashville on a Saturday in the middle of a Phillies playoff game. They played a game against Carolina during a Phillies World Series game, they played games against the Rangers in Toronto during World Series games, and then they played a game against Ottawa during World Series games. That is a total of that's at least what six, seven, or eleven, they 11 that they played. Right. Where quite literally, you were able to turn around and say, "Oh yeah, by the way, um, after the first hour, I know you've tuned out, so thank you for following. Yep. If you didn't, you, you know, for your score updates, because like, but you know, the what? guys, the guys at 97 3 went on like because Thursday night was an off day this past week which was like it wasn't supposed to be a Phillies game it was supposed to be the travel day for the Phillies World right. Series and it was going to be and the Eagles were playing in Houston ironically so it was supposed to be the Eagles could get your attention nobody else was playing and then the Phillies were off and instead it turned in the Monday
0: rainout happened right
1: and then it turned into the Phillies and the Eagles are playing at the same time which which prompted the I web would
0: love to see those numbers for that Amazon Eagles game.
1: Ugh. Better than you think, really. Well, okay, so two th- and not to be surprising, but Philly killed Houston in the football ratings this week, Yeah. by a ton. Like it wasn't even close. World Series ratings, different story. Like both got, I think in Philly it was a fifty share, and in Houston it was a fifty-five share, which is wow. crazy numbers. That's insane. But yeah. the but football still got like I think a ten share in Philly. And there it got were, like a three in Houston.
0: There were a lot of people but, double double screening it on Thursday. Oh, on th-
1: Hello, right here. Thank right. you very much. Which which presents no, but which, which
0: I was is, triple like, screening it last night. I was watching the Flyers, I was watching the Phillies, and I was watching the UFC fights.
1: Okay. We yeah. had all we
0: had all three going. I brought the TV out from the which, bedroom, watching on my phone.
1: But like so when both of those games are on, like you're watching at the same time. Both teams are good. You're trying to pick something, and it is like you know, it's a different story kind of given where the flyers are a in their season and b, you know, kind of expectation wise, as we talked about, it was one of those things where it was like, I literally wanted to make the joke. Okay. Thanks for tuning in for the first hour. I know you've tuned out. You, Bye. Can, you can leave now. Say, uh. but Oh, okay. So the conversation on the rate, this is where I was going the conversation on the radio station was, what's your setup. I send them a picture. Cause we literally moved. Like my wife wanted me to like, is like move the living room TV into the family room, put them both on one. Like, think about it. They put the football game, that's supposed to be the Amazon Prime game on regular television. I didn't even go that direction. Like we still put Prime on. Oh, I didn't even realize not, they
0: put it on regular TV.
1: They did. Look okay. locally, I think locally it's it's contractually obligated, but fair.
0: It the ESPN, uh, the NHL has no such contracts as you'll find in every comment section every time they announce a Hulu <laughs> exclusive game.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Anyway, um, but um, so, so the, I I. I send them a picture of the setup and like the guys like really quickly on like this is Thursdays during Thursday show leading up to the Thursday night games. Like they sit there and they go, yeah, by the way, like he had like, he was covering a flyers game last night too. Like you were like
0: professionally working with one of the. And that was the
1: question. Like how do you cover a flyers game in the middle of the world? Like the World Zooms? like, it's your job though. You do. do I don't have a choice, but to be paying attention to for three games of the world freaking series. I'm paying attention to a Flyers game, and it yep. was what it was. Actually, yep. I'm sorry for four games,
0: because
1: I like last Saturday feels like a, a, a year ago.
0: Yeah, you're telling me. So, uh, so, I, I, so let's
1: I, ask this question. Right, I do
0: want to blend a little bit of this um, this Phillies narrative with kind of wh- what we've been up to for the last couple of weeks. If you're a regular mm-hmm. listener of the show, we haven't been here for about a month. Um, we certainly it, it appreciate does not you coming have to back. Do
1: with the Phillies completely. By
0: well, no, but. We had a couple of weeks off. We both had some stuff that we needed to take care of. We ended up skipping a couple of shows. Um, I came home for a week. I was in Philly. It's something I talked about on the show before I came out there. Um,
1: before the Phillies made a run, we jokingly talked about we
0: should get together and do a live show. Right,
1: and then and then there was well, which. Well, first of all, you were, you were NLCS
0: mostly- game five was the day I arrived. So like, it just was and went
1: happening. to and went to the fly.
0: <laughs> Right, so I actually want to break this down. I told Kevin this story uh, before the podcast started. So, we landed in Philly at about three thirty ish on Sunday. Uh, this okay. is uh, Game Five of the NLCS, the Padres series.
1: So you landed in Philly an like an hour after the game started.
0: Uh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. It was before that. It was about three o'clock. So it was right after, shortly after the game had started.
1: Okay, so a half hour.
0: Right. So we landed. We sprinted to my, or we ran to my grandma's house, which is where we were staying. We threw all our bags down. She was gracious enough to let her borrow, let us borrow her car for the week. So we took her car. We drove over to the city. We park, we run inside. Uh, also, I usually park in the Link parking lot. I had to park at the Wells Fargo Center because everything else was just full. Yep. Fair enough. So I pull into the, uh, the, uh, Xfinity, you know, Wells Fargo parking lot. You know where I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Parked there, walked inside. I get to the Cure Club where they're having a viewing party. I walk in. I say hello to my cousin who's been there for the whole game. Hi, Jackie, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> she's been there the whole game. They have a table. Great. We sit down. We say our hellos. We blah, blah, blah. Why we're saying our hellos while we're hugging, JT Real Muto bloops it to left center field to start the bottom of the 8th. Or early in the bottom of the eighth. I don't know if he was the first batter. He was. Okay. So we sit down. We settle down. Next batter up is Bryce Harper. I look at my cousin's boyfriend. Hi, Eric. He's going yard here. (laughs) Now, if you've watched the game, Harper went yard there. Yep. So uh, the place went absolutely ballistic. I have a fantastic video on my phone that I know Kevin has seen.
1: Yep.
0: (laughs) The city was a buzz and that that is not a term i use lightly
1: no but there's something special about being down in that area when you
0: know philly philly loves their phillies
1: like i walked into the building for for context i got into the building that day in between i was pulling off of the highway as the top of the sixth inning ended so they are still leading the game two to one it's right before it really starts to open up with some of the rain and I'm trying to list like they're still coming up to bat. And if the ball was put in play, I can so easily hear the crowd get a little bit of a rise. It's not the level. Like I wasn't I. I, if they would have been leading the whole way through, I may have run downstairs and run outside to just be able to put Experience a camera it. on that ballpark and be able to hear how loud it would get in, in that situation. But everything happened so quickly From bottom of the eighth, Harper-Homers, they get the lead back. There's that realization in that moment. Like To me, and we talk about this in hockey as much as we can in any other sport that has a seven-game playoff series, there's a moment when you know that something's probably going to happen. So, okay, listen, they won game four the night before and took a 3-1 series lead. In your head, you're kind of like, you're like, they got three shots at this. Oh, my goodness, they're going to win the pennant.
0: Right, right, you're gonna put Nola out there. You're gonna put Wheeler out there. Like you're gonna but, get a win right. here somewhere. But
1: you. But when something like what Harper did happened, then it's that close, and you're now three outs. Suddenly, you went from three outs or six outs away from losing the game and going back to California to three outs away from winning the whole thing right then and there. You like the moment the ball goes out, and you take a second to like re- re- realize what just happened. You go what? there went like like okay. Here's an example. And I think this, you, you were at game five, in 2010. I, okay. Yeah. In conference final, right? Yep. When Mike Richards scores, it only ties the game. Don't you know? Oh my goodness. They're winning this game. They're winning the conference. They're winning yeah. the Eastern
0: conference. And it's a little bit different in baseball just because you can score infinite runs at any given time.
1: Yeah. There's no clock. I get it. Right. Yes.
0: But I, I absolutely get your Shane. I absolutely agree. There's that moment of, oh my God. The right, Phillies, The Phillies are going to the World Series. Like, it's, right. it's going to happen. And
1: there's moments. And it's, it's funny because I did see a lot of people on Twitter last night, the ones that were, like, listen, I'm not saying there were people who, like, I'm not trying to discount people who are angry at what happens. Like, it, everybody reacts differently to different, like, to losing. Sure. Like, and, and believe me, we all, living around here, we've all seen our share. It, it. I get it. I saw a lot of people that were comparing this Phillies team to the 2010 Flyers because of the surprising nature of which the run happened. They were They're not, not supposed like, to be here. Well like, element well, like, right. Like you're the last seed to get in. You get in very close to the end of the season when everybody else kind of knew where they stood. You're So you're the last team in. You're the lat. you know, you're the team that's given no shot because of it. You know, maybe the only you thing they do, maybe the only thing they didn't do
0: per se, sweep somebody.
1: Ca- exactly. Well, the only thing I'll compare to that was you were in the ninth inning of the very first game you played down two nothing and you
0: scored six runs. If yeah, and that's pretty close close
1: to if they had won,
0: if they had won six and seven against Houston, it would have felt like
1: a little bit. Yeah.
0: Especially in Houston. Um, But game seven in Houston would have felt a lot like game seven in Boston. Right. So, uh,
1: so I want to continue to punctuate this where we've been thing with kind of like, Pulling the curtain back on what the last few Sundays have meant for us. Because, yeah, you had some fun. Well, okay. So let me tell you something about watch, specifically watching a sports event, like not the World Series yet, obviously, but the playoffs in another time zone. And okay. I know you're very familiar with this. Hi. Living in another <laughs> yeah, but You're only one time zone back. Going three back is.
0: Man, I would kill to have a Flyers game end by 630 at night.
1: I need to tell – then. well, then Saturday, October 15th is for you. How
0: sweet was that? Come on. Okay,
1: because let me tell you exactly how Saturday, October 15th went because that was the day of the wedding in California that I was at that took me away for a little while. Uh, We So first of all, it's not something that I ever want to do covering the flyers. We rolled out of town the day – the morning of the day before the season 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 started. started. So I was missing the home opener. Do I ever want to miss a home opener? No. no. Um, it is what it is. I, you know, it was a one-time, one-shot one deal. You're going for something specific that you can't, like, it's not like I sat there and said, you know what? I'm going to California and going to Disneyland over the time that the Flyers are starting season. No, I didn't do that purposely. We were out there for a wedding. We did go to Disneyland in the process because it's like, by sure, anyway, the way, you're wrong. out there. Right. I mean, well, let's put this way. We, we got off the plane at, okay, left left Philly at 6.30 in the morning on Wednesday, the 12th, Oof. which means that, that, which means that after a near six hour flight, you land at just shy of 10 AM
0: Oh, with a whole day ahead of you. And you woke up at four o'clock to go to the airport.
1: It is. Well, that is, oh. I mean, but well, <laughs> sorry, it just sounds you, awful. <laughs> you no, know, because you know, no, you know what you're running on adrenaline, <laughs> the, the ty- like the, the, the feeling of being tired kicked in at probably about three o'clock LA time when you're, when you've been up for about 12 hours, but by six o'clock. Which, okay, try picturing like imagine picturing that your whole family is not with you at this point. Everybody's back in the Philly area and you're getting ready to go to a hockey game that starts at seven o'clock, but it's 10 o'clock where everybody else is. So you can't talk about it No, Like, you know what I mean? It's really funny how you have to like wait until the next day to be like, hey, by the way, this game would be so full context. The first hockey game I went to in the regular season was Ducks Kraken to open the season on October 12th. Great game, by the way. Um, lots when, of young,
0: which sea creature emerged victorious. The ducks did the ducks did. Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'd call the ducks a sea creature. Uh, guess... They
0: sit on lakes a lot. It's they okay. sit on
1: lakes. Okay. They're a, a, a bird that sits on lakes. Okay. Um, lots of, look, lots of young players, Something both...
0: something frozen pond,
1: lots of young players <laughs> on both teams, both of which had those young players mostly come through. Like, There were nine goals scored in the game. It was a five-four overtime result. Ducks win. Out of the nine goals, seven of them were total snipe jobs. Like, okay, picking your spot, making a great shot. Like,
0: you talking? You you talking Zach Zach McEwen snipe? Or
1: yeah, which (laughs) you know, unlikely source I believe, but like, I know right. But I'm sitting here like as I as Uh, I recall that particular game. You know, first of all. 51 seconds in, Troy Terry scores the first goal of the game. One of these broken plays, defense gets out of position, he's alone in front, he gets it, and then in one motion, gets it on a stick and then just goes straight to the top corner. And you're like, okay, let's get it going. Then and then every literally, I'm not kidding, every goal Seattle scored was like the sad part is, is the goal, the guy who scored the not cheapest, but like the dirtiest goal out of him, which the was the right? Which was getting his own rebound on like, I think on a power play, no less, but getting his own rebound was Maddie Beniers, who, by the way, future star player, because Kids he's already, because he's already off to a great start this year. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's other guys on it, but like, it was, yeah, really we're going to get, t-
0: we're going to talk about it was two, really, some hot starts,
1: but it was really funny because Seattle's two newest players, both scored goals because Burakovsky scored and Bjorkstrand scored. Okay. Um, two of the newest ducks scored because um, Ryan Strom scored and Frank Vitrano scored in the game. And then uh, I don't recall if I sent the video to the group. I thought I did. I believe you did. Of Zegers tie in the game, which yeah. That's building, cool. which and listen, it's a home opener, so everything you know, hope springs eternal when the season's new, You're, right? Every,
0: when when everyone is zero and zero, everyone you know.
1: No, which means. Buildings packed, buildings lively. Zegers tied the game with six minutes left on a power play. Popular fire. The, the building starts. Let's go Ducks! Chance like crazy. It sounds like a playoff game at that point because everybody's fired up. And I'm sitting there going, "This is awesome." Like you, like you got to remember, you got to remember what I got to watch in person at the end of last season to realize. Like I'm sitting there watching that game. I'm going, "Oh my goodness, this is fun." This is fun hockey. Uh, Full context, by the way, the last time I attended a hockey game as a fan maybe was like five years ago. Wow. So it's been a long time, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, To kind of tie everything together, we were in Disneyland for the two days after that game, which included me checking in, not like – Look! Look! I take full credit for trying my best to keep up with game stories, and I did for those two days. There's
0: only so much you can do when you're no, but I,
1: no, but I like I walked around and in between, like, listen, you're in line for stuff, so you might as well. I had I had every opportunity to see what was going on. Like, you got to remember something too. The Flyers opened the season with a seven o'clock start against the Devils on a Thursday night in Philly. It was four o'clock where I was, and I'm going to like I'm getting ready to find something for dinner, and I'm scrolling through. I'm like. Okay, this is what's happening. Like they scored the two goals rapid fire. It comes across on my phone. It's three one, and I went, "All right." So that's cool. how this opener is gonna go. Like everybody pegged it for the loss, and they're gonna win. Like, like let's put it this way: the third period started. Travis Konechny scored fifty seconds into the third period to make it four one, and I went, "Okay, they're winning the home opener." All right,
0: basically. Yeah, we talked earlier like, about like that no, moment when okay, you know.
1: Okay, so yeah. <laughs> let me get back to Saturday with this because this is the funny part. So the Phillies game was at 2.30 in the afternoon that Saturday in Philly, or yeah, in Philly against the Braves, Okay, and the Flyers were playing. Talk about scheduling. This is how bad this was. The Flyers were playing at 4 o'clock Philly time. So yes, an hour and a half difference between sport, two sporting events in Philadelphia, one of which is a playoff Perfect. game that can move a team on to the next round.
0: Perfect yes Flawless we were sitting,
1: now that was the day of the wedding we were going to so nobody had any plans we literally went to breakfast in the morning and then sat at the hotel bar for the rest of the afternoon watching the baseball game okay. Tough here's life the you con- live, huh? <laughs> here's the context of watching that it's 11 a.m the game started at 11 30 in the morning and ended at about 2 30 in the afternoon with i'm not wedding- gonna lie to you
0: that sounds literally ideal
1: with the wedding starting at Five. So the no. So the hockey game started at one and ended by three forty-five. Wrote my story was basically half dressed in the suit I was wearing to the thing. Like I basically had to throw on a tie and a jacket.
0: And And if you were and if you were a less dedicated professional, you would have watched the Phillies game and then taken a nap. (laughs) You're right.
1: Oh, don't you, no, know don't you worry. Don't you worry. That was a wedding where, at that point in time, for the rest of the night,
0: I was able to enjoy
1: myself and enjoy myself. I did. We were, we were awesome. ar- already riding high with the way the Phillies were going. Which, l- listen, outside of covering the Flyers and doing that as a job and doing this type of stuff, Eagles and Phillies and things like that, I am a fan. Oh, I we know
0: here. I am a fan. I am excited Absolutely. about it. I am proud. Our listeners know you're a diehard. If you, if you're not. You got to pay attention. Follow him at Kevin underscore (laughs) Darso.
1: So, but there's something about a hockey game starting at one o'clock in the afternoon and finishing by four in California time and fantastic and still having the whole night ahead. Like it was like, believe me, getting back here and then doing the Tampa game from home was weird.
0: All right. So I think it's finally time to start talking about the Flyers. We've we've been kind of. Okay. Is there more?
1: No, not from me, but I want to get into what you came home for. Oh,
0: Congratulations are in order, sir. Thank you, sir.
1: Uh, uh, You've joined the club of people who have something, you know, people who have have one of these, which, you know.
0: If you're watching on our YouTube channel, you can see that Kevin and I are both displaying our our wedding rings at the moment. Um, Uh, I did indeed get married while I was home.
1: There's a horrible joke in here, which is that we have them and the Phillies don't, but...
0: That's fair enough.
1: I know, but okay. Beyond the, beyond the point, nonetheless, it was an exciting, obviously it was a crazy exciting time for you.
0: It was, Yeah. I I don't,
1: you know, I I don't know what that experience is like because it doesn't like, I didn't go and get married on like one day per se. Like there's a whole, like you kind of did the, like my best friend did exactly what you did.
0: Okay. Yeah. We did a pretty small family thing. It was uh, me and my wife, our parents, grandparents, and siblings. That's it. All went out to a lunch. Um, we had a quick little ten-minute ceremony with the justice of the peace. Right, it you was were very at the nice. Courthouse. We excused him, and then we had a very nice lunch. There you uh, go. Basically, the rest of the week I spent with family, uh, a couple family parties, seeing some friends that I don't get to see because I, you know, I'm at home. Um, but yeah, overall, it was really a fantastic time.
1: I mean, you were, like I – mean, by this point, you were home, but, like, you're home – like, like I mean, home, home in, like, Illinois again. Right. I am back – yeah, I was so back no, at, no, Like, because I'm going off of, like, you were home by Halloween, but, like, the week leading up to you were here was leading up to Halloween, so every party looked like a Halloween party.
0: Uh, yeah. And it was and pretty funny. We didn't specify that people should come in costumes, and we didn't I come get, in costumes but- – but i still had some family show up we had uh, we had some hocus pocus we had you know we had some fun well, it's, ones
1: it's and it's a it's a weird kind of week when you're combined like like when the phillies were good back when and like good during this it's like half the people for halloween sit there and go okay listen i'm going out as like a phillies player or something because like it it becomes a very quick and easy costume option when it's like hey listen everybody in the city's already hyped up about it what what the hell Something, know, I, something,
0: I, something I did want to mention while we were talking about kind of the runs and how the city feels and all that stuff. One thing I wanted to mention is the the 2017 Eagles run mm-hmm. felt almost aggressive. A little uh, chip on the shoulder, F you, we're winning this thing. Like it, it felt kind of um, angry until they right. won. The Phillies, both in 2008, 2009, that era, and also this run – it's much more relaxed. It's much more, yeah, man, we're here. We're having fun. And the, it just, I, the, the Eagles felt very tense. People I were very reason, nervous about not, you know, not having a championship since 1960.
1: I and think the Phillies, that the reason, I think we have a lot more fun. Because I think that you have to, like, in any sport like baseball, hockey, basketball, whatever, the, you know, those are the three obvious ones that come to mind. When there's more than one game involved, I think you there's some people who can't listen. No, listen, there's something that some people can't do when it comes to these things. Like some people cannot compartmentalize that each game does not hold the same like over the course of a series. Not, not doesn't hold the same magnitude, but can't take the ride is the way.
0: Right. Every series has ebbs and flows and you have to be able to ride that wave. And,
1: and listen, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not one of those people. It's, Look, when you're watching the game in the moment, there's things that frustrate you that you go back on later and you say, I don't like I didn't really care that much that they lost that one game when they win. Like, like when like okay, I was very frustrated when the Phillies lost game two to San Diego when they led four-nothing. Like you think that's you gotta have that game. You gotta have that game, and you're freaking out about it. But in hindsight, you sit there and go, That's part of the ride. They bounce back two days later, then they finish the series off. It's part of the journey.
0: Like, you, ha- you have to have the mental strength to watch them get no hit in game four and then watch Kyle Schwerber start game five with a home run.
1: Right, and give like, yourself a and get up.
0: Right, that's the ride, and that just describes this team so incredibly. I, like I know we talked about the Phillies, and we've kind of moved past those, but like this run was so much fun. I will admit, sure. I will full-blown admit, right here on the show, on YouTube, make sure to follow us on YouTube, I didn't watch a single game this regular season. I don't know if I watched a single inning. I like I saw a clip here and a clip there. I never dedicated sat down and watched baseball. I watched every single game of this playoff run. Game 1 against the Cardinals, I watched the whole thing because I happen to be in Cardinals local viewing territory. Well, there you go. That's fair. <laughs> but I watched this whole run and it's a fun team. Right. Schwarber's well, fun, Harper's fun. Alec Baum Turned it around and had a lot of fun this year. There's a
1: lot of things to be excited for with them moving forward. Like it's the opposite of like it very much was the opposite of the Flyers right now. Like uh, like we came <laughs> in, no, Well, no, like we came into the season and there was like we felt like we ha- we had nothing to s- like not nothing to say, but it was like how to like what did I say the week before the Flyers started,
0: which I already They're have. They're gonna to be bad. They're gonna be a bottom five team in the league. Like, no, we, no, 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 no.
1: What did I? Because preseason just ended, and I came on and I said, this team like I because I said it on two separate shows. I said it on ours and I said it on on, on B. I said they might win four games in the first twenty. That was how I was feeling after a preseason where they won the first game and then lost the next five. That was how I was
0: feeling. And then they won four games in the first six.
1: The thing, the thing about, like, like you're sitting, like you're talking about how it was fun and all that type of stuff. But the thing is, is like. When you can get behind a team or feel like it's going in a good direction, like it, 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 there's something about it. Like you mentioned how you hadn't watched a single inning leading up to or whatever. Like, look, I love baseball. It's one of my, it's like, as much as I get up for Sundays and look, the Eagles are eight and no, and it's fun. It's still probably my number three just because it's the one that I probably latched onto later than any other. Um,
0: I know know you're a big baseball guy and then you cover the eagle or the cover the flyer. So I mean, hello. Well,
1: hockey was my very original number one. I can't take that away. It was the first sport I remember watching. So I'm not trying to make it seem like, oh, I'm a bigger baseball fan than hockey fan. No hockey was my original number one for a really long time in between. I liked baseball and was watching baseball probably more than like, like more than I was watching hockey in the sense that I would watch baseball. Like I watch hockey now where I would watch other teams games. I wouldn't care who was like, Oh, there's a baseball game on. I will watch that. That's fine.
0: Oh, the Padres are playing the Mariners. Sure. (laughs) It probably
1: wasn't quite like that, but yeah, to your point, you're probably right. Like kind of in that range. And so over the court, like the thing that really makes me connect with the run that they just went on was, you know, I, I, when I was in high school or in college and that was like right in the heart of that run 07 to 11, um, I would go to probably like 15 games a year. And I didn't even – like I didn't
0: have season tickets. It was Philly's, – Philly's tickets get pretty cheap during most summers, let's be honest.
1: That's not really the reason why. Like what I would do is I would end up buying something like six to ten games for myself. And then over the course of the summer, I'd either – like you got friends moment, who well, let's go, or... go have a friend who says I got an extra ticket, want to go. Have somebody who would know. Like, I got tickets from all over the place. Hey, somebody knows somebody and they have an extra like they have tickets for the night they can't go. Want do you want the pair? There's a lot and of flexibility in
0: Philly's tickets.
1: Sure, exactly. Yeah. And part of the reason why I think people didn't go this year, attendance was a very big topic over the summer. I think that it's a pre-planned thing. You look at your summer, and like during the heart of that time, your summer was we're going to a bunch of Phillies games this summer, or a lot of people said, we'll yeah. go to a Phillies game this past summer. It was the weather's nice. It wasn't like a, it wasn't a must be at event. It wasn't the place to be like going to a Phillies game. And right. so given this summer that I had, I made it to three games this year. That was it three. And, but during the course of the summer, we moved in, like we got a new place. We moved you in had a busy
0: summer, right?
1: Well, I had a busy summer, but during like, when I'm over here painting the like the walls of just about every room in the house and I'm doing it like late afternoonish, it's going like past in past seven o'clock or the Phillies maybe played during the afternoon. Like they played during a, Sat- a Saturday afternoon in St. Louis at like two o'clock and I was over here painting and I listened to the entire game on the radio because we didn't have the TV set up yet and all that stuff. But I listened to the entire game on the radio while I painted the house like and I did this for like at least a week or so where it's like. We're just doing nothing more than painting things. And I'm listening to the ball game while I do this work because that baseball, was like
0: baseball is a very casual sport. It's it, part it's, of,
1: but it's casual, but it was like fun to be able to listen to. I had other people over who were helping who were then listening to it, too, who were and, interested.
0: You know, it's it's ironic that we're talking so much about baseball because you you notice what episode number it is, right?
1: Yeah. 162. That's interesting. Huh?
0: And We're talking about the lengths of a baseball schedule, and it's just it's just interesting. It um, happens to be episode 162.
1: Yeah, sometimes. I mean, if you're like the Phillies this past you know October, you play way more than that. What what did they end up finishing at at that point? I mean, they yes. won they won 11 games out of the 13 they needed to begin with, and hadn't lost more than two coming in. So they played six extra games on top of that. So that's 17 extra games total on top of the 162 they played. That's I mean, you turn all when you turn your schedule all of a sudden into almost 180. Oh yeah, I mean, that's 179 that they played. That's Oh
0: yeah, and it's the same as like hockey teams making a deep run and going from 82 games to like At least 100 plus. Yeah. Right. And you're like, "Oh my god, that's a lot of hockey."
1: Yeah. So let's get into this start.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Somehow, some way, <laughs> we sit here on Sunday, November 6th, and the Flyers have a positive record. Now, not only do they have a positive record, they are Third in the division. They are – I know it's early, but they're in a playoff spot, factually speaking. And it's funny because we're getting very close. Uh, A lot of the reporters – Elliot Friedman talks about it a lot. American Thanksgiving is a big benchmark for a lot of teams. And if you're in a playoff spot on American Thanksgiving – Historically speaking, you are something like 75 80% to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now, that is not everybody, that is not a guarantee. There, you know, there's overlap every year, but we, we are now in a position, right? We, we missed basically the first 10% of the season, 15% of the season here on the show. Mm-hmm. The Flyers aren't good, right?
1: <laughs> the way they're playing isn't good. Their record is good.
0: Right. Like, but I'm I, talking I, about the actual team. No, but like, like okay, they're look, not.
1: do you, do you want, I mean, like, listen, I, I, I can, in, a, in, in 10 seconds, I can probably summarize what's going on so far, and then we can elaborate for the rest of the show, obviously, but in 10 seconds, I can tell you what, like, what the deal is. Carter Hart has been outstanding.
0: If the first two words of that sentence weren't Carter Hart, we were going to have a problem.
1: No. Carter Hart's been outstanding. You can't deny what the record is. The process is not sustainable. Okay. That's the way it is.
0: I agree with you. All those things are true.
1: Right. Like If you needed three statements to to sum up the season to this point, it's Carter Hart has played outstanding the record is what the record is like six, three and two is a good record to start the season. There are plenty of, te- like if you look well, at, you some shouldn't of the other- be expecting
0: that moving forward.
1: No, well, right. But like, if you look at some of the other teams that are in like, and their records, they would all like a bunch of them would take
0: six, three and two. If you could switch their record out. Oh from, like, yeah. The Flyers app. Like for if example, you, the penguins would, would take it in a heartbeat. Just where they're, I'm heartbeat.
1: thinking of like, let's just wait, how you know, do you think Columbus would take that reversed record? Yeah. You know, like seriously, like, there's teams out there that had higher expectations that would take a six three and two record in eleven games and feel way better about themselves right now than they. Than think. the Flyers should. Right, right, right. Well, no, I think the Flyers should feel good about themselves for like, not c- certain guys should. I'll say it that way. Like, I think there's certain guys who are playing to a level that you can understand how they contribute to a six three and two start. Contribute being the key word. Like, I'm not saying they're the reason. As the far as Carter Hart.
0: Right. As far as I'm concerned, there's only one real. Like, there are contributors, but there's only one reason.
1: No, but, like, okay, here's, here's the thing. Ask yourself this question when it comes to the record and the way
0: that the team plays. Have right? the Flyers won a game with Felix Anstrom?
1: Well, no, I get that. Okay. But, here's, okay, but this is what I'm getting at. Carter Hart plays all 60 minutes of a game. Everybody else does not. So there are other players who I think can step out there that you can look at their in certain games and say, that guy played really well, helped them win a game. Like, okay, I'll give you an example of one game that comes to my head that I just think makes a difference. The Flyers beat Nashville 3-1 to one a couple weeks ago. I think that as good as Carter Hart was in that game to help them get the win, Joel Farabee played great, but Joel Farabee's not on the ice for 60 minutes.
0: Right. So You can only expect so much. So Joel
1: that. Farabee leaves his mark on that game, plays great. I think that in that game also... Like I think Kevin Hayes had a big game that night. Maybe I think maybe that entire top line. I think it was Farabee Hayes and connecting all played well in that game, but they aren't out there the entire time. Like at the end of the right. night, the guys that end up winning the game, like Carter Hart makes all the saves. Some of the guys who end up helping you win that game are maybe, now maybe I'm changed. Maybe I'm changing the tune here a little bit. Cause I'm going to go to another game. Recent, like recency bias. I guess okay. or, or like just, it's fresh in my head. Scott Lawton had a block shot last night against Ottawa That you sit there and you go, they don't win the game without something like that. Lucas Sedlak blocked a shot with his foot that was going in the net. Okay. Without those things happening, you don't win the game. So you, there's guys who are contributing in a way. I think what people are looking at that, like, and this is where I think the non-sustainable part comes from. They give up an inordinate amount of shots. A ton of shots. They are not exactly a high power. I mean, now granted, the funny part is, is I'm looking at certain, like, Okay, we want to talk about the game against Ottawa that they win two to one. That was the exact kind of game that John Tortorella tried to prepare you for. They weren't going to win games four to two and five to three and blah blah blah, right? But they beat the Florida Panthers four to three, and they beat you know Tampa Bay three to two, or they beat the Devils five to two, and you're like, okay, those are a little bit different from what you said. Like that's that's what you said. Don't get used to. And you have won a game like that too.
0: By the way, the Flyers are allowing 36.45 shots per game.
1: That's, yeah, it's it's impossible to sustain what you're doing. with Now, granted, if the process starts to change, something may change. I just don't, like, I don't know if I see it. Now, part of now, the reason why... On, now, on and the and other then, side
0: of things, by the way, they're averaging 26.45 shots per game. So they're getting outshot by an average of 10 shots per game.
1: Right. I don't think, and, and here's the thing. I don't think that the, the game they just played against the Ottawa was terrible in that process. When you think, when you think, first of all, they dominated the second period in shots legitimately, right? Like against Ottawa, they outshot Ottawa in the second period, 17 to 10. That's actually a good period. You have to, you cannot deny they played a good period. They
0: played a good period.
1: And to be honest, the third period, at least down, I think down the stretch was when a lot of the shots came in. So getting outshot, a lot of score effects
0: toward the end of the game,
1: right? Like, listen, of course you're going to be on your heels in the final three minutes of a game with a goalie pulled. It's like a power play. I think Ottawa had at least one more power play in the third period. Like, there, there's an element where you get it, right? Like, where you get the shot disparity coming into play because, like, I don't think a shot disparity of 34 to 28 is that bad. No, that's not bad. There's the, it's the game, like, against Florida a couple of weeks ago where they get outshot 51 to 22 and somehow win the game 4 to 3. Right. That's the game where you sit there and you go, listen, I don't know how they're winning these games, but they're winning these games.
0: Carolina, where they get outshot 38 to 29. That's again, that's not too, too bad, but still not great. There's
1: a, there's a difference for me in that game though. And the difference is that they actually lost the game.
0: Okay. Like that's when
1: it, it, like if you are playing a game, like, like a Tampa, I think Tampa is another good one. 38 to 24. Yeah, there you go. Because when you bend, but don't break. And the shot total says what it says. That's when you start to pull out that it, it's not sustainable. When, right, well, when 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 the shot total is that bad, like in, like against Carolina, and you do break, they they get you, you know, eventually. That's like like so
0: the same I'm thing also, against the Rangers. I was going to say 30, I'm going to I'm going to point out the Rangers game. It was 36 to,
1: 19, to was the 19 shot total, and the funny part was is the last shot went in that at one point in time the shot total read 35-19 and no goals had been scored in the game, and you were down to the final minute of overtime.
0: I'm going to say something that I said in the group chat, something that I have expressed to a number of people. If you think this Flyers team should be bad, if you think this team should be a bottom five team in the league, if you think this team should be going after Connor Bedard, if you think this team should be selling assets, whatever terminology you want to use, if tank is in your mind... You must, must, at this point, be in favor of a Carter Hart trade. And I'm not saying that I want Carter Hart to be traded, because I am a fan. If you've been listening to this show forever, you know I've been talking about Carter Hart since the start of the show. I love Carter Hart. I want Carter Hart to be a Philadelphia Flyer for life. Right. But if you want this team to be bad, if you want this team to be as bad as they probably need to be for the good of the franchise, you have to be in favor of a Carter Hart.
1: Okay, so I this, this is fair, because I'm not, I'm not saying I agree with this conversation, but here's where I'll go with this, because there are two thoughts I have when I'm watching Carter Hart do what he's doing right now. Number one is, because I got a lot of stuff right away on this very topic, that what is what is this worth that, you know, and, and okay, I was getting this three games into the season, and three games into the season, it's it's laughable to think like this because, okay, great. They won all three of their first three games, and whether it was sustainable or not is beside the point. They won all three of the first games. They're getting the goaltending performance, and I have people who are messaging me telling me, say goodbye to Bedard and goodbye to Fantilli and all this stuff because they've won the first three games of the year. And it's like, you realize there's 79 games to go. That's an awful long time. Like the maximum point total is six in three games. You mean to tell me that you don't believe in your mind that some team out there can't make up a six point deficit or that this team can't lose that many games to get to a six like to get
0: the six points made up on them. And we're having that conversation three weeks into the season. It's not three, like we're talking about January. Well,
1: it's right. so just three games. Then okay. So now I understand like if you're a little bit more concerned today, I understand it. Oh you're now, I'm i f-
0: I'm fully concerned by the way. Just if, hold on.
1: Yep. But just hold on. I understand if you're a little bit more concerned today because now you're at a point where, okay, like I like what I did uh, because I'll do the same thing I did in three games in, and now it's a little bit more real. Because to say these statements three games in, you don't know what the answer is. Let's put this way they were three, three and oh, in the first three games of the season. And I came on here before the season started and said they were going to win four of their first 20. Right. Okay. Obviously, I was wrong about that. Like, Full, like, I hear you, Fair I, I think, but, but I think everybody is. And I think
0: we both, right. We both sat
1: here. Like, I don't think anybody else was looking at me like, Hey, you're an idiot. Why'd you say they would win four of their first 20? No. Like, right. it, look, if you want to like, if you want to sit there and at, like, and point the finger at me for saying that, and it's like, Oh, by the way, you're like, because I'm the media, one of the media guys. Right. That, that, that they're sticking it to us. No, 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 no. They're sticking it to everybody right now with the record. Like Tortor- John Tortorella is sitting there looking at this going, this is all I heard the entire time was we're not supposed to win games, blah, blah, blah. And we're winning games. He may not let like. So
0: one thing I do want to mention about he John like- Tortorella is that one of the things he talked about early in training camp is that the culture was broken and the things were bad, this and that. We talked about those sure. quotes on this show. Right. 11 games in and now maybe this changes if they have 40 crap games after this right right now it seems like the vibes are good the room is working together guys are standing up for each other guys like say what you want about the talent i don't think this team has the talent to make any sort of real noise but as far as the vibe the culture the whatever terminology you want to use goes it seems like tortorella has done a pretty good job managing that so far
1: well, so there's a couple things in there. It's so I think that they all know that what they're doing is not really sustainable. Like it, the number of times, oh, like if you looked, let's just let's just do this for you know, like fun here for a second. They're six, three, and two through eleven games. That gives them fourteen points in the standings. That is tied for the tenth most. In the league, right? We are. You already said third in the division, all that type of stuff. At one point in time, before probably before this road trip, or about at this road trip, they were actually in first place in the Metro for like a couple of nights. Yep. And the thought behind it was, like this, to to the players, to the coach who's like trying to create this. Is this a good like kind of? Is this a good thing, like? Because that's what, like, you're building towards something. If you're winning games and actually there while you're at it, like, sure. Is, like sure to you, is this good. And...
0: I'm never going to tell a team to go out there and not try to win games.
1: Sure. And I think that, first of all, for the number of times after these games, like, you've got six wins on the year, but for the number of times John Tortorella has said, there's still, like, w- we got a long way to go. We've got a long way to go. Like, he continues to say this, which... Here's the thing. It's still a little bit of mixed signals to me because as much as he's going to say we have a long way to go. A long way to go in what? Because we've talked about that process a lot like like the games that I've been at the process has come up plenty of times. This basically the fact that unless like if the goaltender in the pipes is in between the pipes is named Carter Hart, they have a chance to win the game because he's making a ton of saves. He's playing out of his mind, brilliant. I'm going to get into the specifics of that in a minute. He's playing ridiculous. But, yeah. But he's playing out of his mind, ridiculous right now. And the thought process being what they're doing is not sustainable. Now, there's two schools of thought with this. Number one is we can keep saying that all we want to. If they keep winning games, it doesn't matter.
0: If Carter Hart just straps the team to his back, like I...
1: it doesn't. No, but it doesn't matter because you can, you don't take them away. They've won six out of eleven games so far. Can right. you take those six games nope. away? No matter whether you like the way it was done or not. No, you can't take them away. Nope. They've won.
0: Game the Flyer, over. The Flyers have fourteen points in the standings, and there's nothing anybody can do about it.
1: Right. That's number one. But the other part was, and this was talked about after. The Florida game, I think, that they won because John Tortorella basically has any acknowledged this before, I think, but like this was really where it came up because the concept was is that the analytics looked terrible. Like and we know this. the analytics of puck possession, shot attempts, and whatever I
0: mean, whatever reporter used the word analytics in a question to John Tortorella, you knew you, what you were doing. You knew you were lighting the fuse. Come Mila, on. You know,
1: you know damn well who used analytics in a question, and I don't care whether he, like, if, Char- if that, Charles,
0: know. was that you?
1: But Charlie made like Charlie makes good points about it though, because oh, no, so, you can't, like, you can't be the team that, that ranks that low. I mean, at one point in time, they're the like they're the last or second to last team.
0: You but have, you also know you're throwing a lit match at a powder keg if you're Charlie. <laughs> no,
1: no, you know what you were trying to do? You were just trying to get a like a healthy answer, which sure. was and I say healthy in the sense that a healthy answer is even if they like, you can sit there and say, We know we're not going to be the best analytic team, or we know that we're not playing the best by those numbers. But right. and those are things we have to improve upon right now. We're taking the fact that our goaltender's playing well and we're winning games, that right. would have sufficed. Right. All he has to say is, This is not good enough because we know what we, we know we're getting schooled in these areas.
0: Analytics were trash,
1: right? Uh, well, Tori is about what we already. got. Okay, well, in fairness, if you're going to sit there and say that the guy asking the question knew what he was doing... I know. And the coach so and the did Tortorella. Well, John and okay. Tortorella, like, please. The coach who came out after they lost in overtime to Carolina and everybody was ready to sit there and go one for six on the power play, outshot 30... What did I say? That was 38, 38 to 24. To something like that, yeah. Or something like that. Everybody was waiting, you know, like the first real torts moment that we've gotten out of a press conference didn't have to do with we sucked from head to toe. It was... Like he, he said that at a press conference too. He actually said that after the game you were at, um, that it was just bad. They sure yeah. did too. But Holy sure. But, but his answer in this case to give you like the, the torts that everybody knows was glass half full guys. Yep. He you know, he's, half yeah. full after a game like that. And I do want to, like,
0: I do want to yeah, make yeah, a I bit make of a, I do want to make a bit of a broader point just kind of on how people of a certain age look at analytics John Tortorella can sit here and say, analytics are trash. and We don't listen. blah, 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 whatever. The team hires a guy who literally does. Well, list. he will then in the next sentence acknowledge that they have their own internal metrics. And these are the ones, you know, they follow these certain things. And they don't look at the numbers that everyone else puts out. They don't look at Dom decisions, you know, GSV percent, whatever, whatever, whatever. I don't know guess, all the numbers.
1: Guess what? No, no, guess what?
0: No team in the league does. Sure. And that's fine. But I think John Tortorella looks at their internal metrics and gives them weight. He just, he doesn't have time. I think he has to. Right, but he doesn't have time for the broader Twitter conversation, I think is the point from him. But I think if you asked him, okay.
1: No, but. Do,
0: do you care about Corsi? John Tortorella would say no. John Tortorella, do you care about the shot attempts you give up versus the shot attempts that your team receives? He would say Yes. Those are basically the same thing. It's just about what skin you put on it for the right. Like I get get
1: your point. Like if he's not saying the word, we're like the course. He's awful, but he's sitting here going, "We give up too much, too many shots." Exactly,
0: and it's it's he's he does use analytics he does give them weight he he just doesn't give these very specific this twitter follow it's, blah blah no, blah.
1: it's the term no it's the terminology he's yep. not going to he's not going to hit you with an analytics term but realistically what he's talking about is a little analytics right well, exactly it's, Exactly. It's, you're
0: watching the sport breaking down tape leads right. you directly to well, analytics you know, like. Do
1: you know what makes people discount that because he's not going to look at a he, he's he's not going to tell you that he looked at a piece of paper from the analytics department that they have and that it says we have numbers that tell you that our shot attempts are this our zone entries look like that this blah 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 right he doesn't go off of that his answer is I, my, my eyes and my gut are the two things this I, is I what I my eyes tell me yep. right which at the same time can tell you the same thing Like as far as I'm concerned I don't know how you're watching any of the game the 11 games they played this season and not coming away with the same analysis whether you do it on by numbers on a sheet of paper or by watching the game it's I know it looks the same way
0: I know they have six wins how many of those 11 games were they the better team? Cause it wasn't six of them.
1: I think that they were the better team against New Jersey that, that particular night. Sure.
0: Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about as a whole. I'm talking about right. on that night. I what think did they were a better
1: go? team against New Jersey in the opener. Yep. I think they were, I think at, to an extent, I think they actually possibly were the better team against Ottawa last night
0: uh, for parts of it. Because they, cause, yeah.
1: Cause I think that there's something missing with Ottawa. Like, I think Ottawa got on like Ottawa got on their heels in the second period. Looking yeah, I, I think Ottawa that was the first time I remember seeing a team on their heels. Um, Probably the better team against Vancouver, because after the first, pe- like even the first period, they got like beat by the gold like the classic getting like out shooting an opponent. But
0: the crazy thing is, by the way, about, about Ottawa is I don't I don't even necessarily think they need to add anything. I think they just need to add like 20 games to Shane Pinto and like they'll be fine.
1: Maybe. I, I, I think they're just think, a young
0: team that's still I growing I think in up. the
1: early going, they're missing Josh Norris a lot. That is fair. Like, like, let's put it this way. Why do the Flyers look the way that they do at every other position that's not goaltender? <laughs> no. Go look at the injury report, though. Like, to an extent, I'm not saying injuries are an excuse, but it's like, aren't they a more talented roster if Sean Couturier's playing? Aren't oh, they yeah. a more talented roster if Cam Atkinson's playing? Like, obviously, that makes a difference. Like... Like, I'm sorry, when you're rolling around, running around with, you know, at one point in time, what was their fourth line? You know, Luke, like, and
0: here's,
1: like, here's the thing, Sedlak legitimately can skate. Oh, yeah, he's been fine. He's been fine, actually, as a fourth line. He's exactly like, but you're not going to like, you're also not going to tell me the reason why he's here. Right. The reason why he's here is because he played for Tortorella in Columbus. Sure. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't help but go there. But I, I, I like if okay, so but if you're asking me what games they were the better team, I I think that out of 11 the answer is four. I think they were okay. the better team against New Jersey on that night when they opened. I think they were the better team against Vancouver because I think those two games process-wise it was better. Like they outshot Vancouver that night that afternoon 31-30. Yeah, they played I a think, better game than Vancouver. I, I think, think they, they were, were
0: the better team that day because Vancouver was bad. Quite
1: frankly, but Vancouver has continued to be bad. Which I know I is like part of it. Maybe so. But if that's the case, then you were the better team. Like, guess what? But New you Jersey, get what I'm saying. New Jersey, no, but New Jersey's playing a hell of a lot better now than they were in the Oh, year. absolutely. And they you're were glad better, you got
0: that win off of them. Right. when you did, And they
1: were the better team that day. Right. That's, no, that's fair. Yeah. I think that they were the better team against Nashville, to be honest. OK. Like, they didn't get outshot that badly against Nashville that I say, oh, my goodness, that was like. Like, I think that they had to hold on for dear life in the third period, but I think that for the first two, they were the better team.
0: Okay. And that's even though, fair. Even
1: though they got – actually, in the third period, they probably locked it down better. They outshot Nashville in that third period.
0: Were, were they the better and team against think, Tampa? No. Were they the better team against Florida when they beat Florida? No. I, I'm i still on the fence about Ottawa last night. I think they were probably the better team, but again, I, I think it's more about – Oh, the you know what? Hang on. I,
1: there's one other game where I think they were possibly the better team – it's gonna sound weird, but they were the better team, I think, against San Jose. and I think they sabotaged themselves.
0: So that's the game I was at. Right. And
1: I'm just saying that in the third period of that game, yeah, they outshot, they outshot San Jose sixteen to six to finish the game totals outshot out shooting them 30 to 25.
0: Yeah, but that's just score effects. Like you're, you're always going to outshoot when you're down in the third period, or at least you should be out shooting when you're down. Yes, in the third but there's period.
1: something but, to me that says there's something to me that's makes that a little bit more impressive when you took two of your best offensive guys off the ice.
0: That is fair. Uh, like that, I, that I, is like fair. that's
1: where I think that's what I mean. I'm saying like, I think they actually were the better team in that game. And the reason it got lifeless at the end, like it might be 16 shots that aren't that great. The reason it's sixteen shots that aren't that great, though, is because I think you sabotaged yourself by trying to make a point.
0: That's fair. Like, and maybe that's worth it in you know two weeks into the season. Oh, I think there's
1: like let's put well, actually like think about it for a minute. They played that third period against San Jose, outshoot them for the period sixteen to six, outshoot them for the game thirty to twenty five, and in that entire third period, James Henry like is gone with a with a finger injury that he's yep. out with currently, and Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny didn't move from the spot on the bench where they were sitting. Yep. that's actually kind of impressive. Like it shows out like, don't get me wrong. it shows how bad San Jose has been to start the year, but it's <laughs> actually kind of impressive that for a team that's been outshot as regularly as they have. And for a team that has been outplayed as regularly as they have, that still has six wins. Nonetheless, that I think that you literally threw the rest of that, like, like for the, for the crowd that wants them to be the tanking team, that was a tanking effort to
0: me. Oh yeah. Because you threw the game. You benched you benched some of your most productive and, offensive players.
1: And maybe you're doing it – maybe you are doing it for the greater good in terms of I'm sending a message. This is game what – what would this have been? Game seven of the year? Something like six, that. Six. Game six of the year, and I'm sending a message right now that two of the top-line players aren't seeing the ice tonight. They didn't give the, the effort. They're sitting. Yep. Be- because, I, because I don't feel like they're giving what I need, and this is – and that's welcome to which, John Tortorella 101.
0: Which, to be fair – is something that both of those players have struggled with in their career. Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny have both been guilty of mailing it in from time to time.
1: And guess and guess who had two assists in the very next game against Florida? Both of those guys.
0: Yep. Because sometimes... Travis Konechny against Toronto, I know it was about a week and a half later, he was a menace in that game.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of things. I, like because obviously you're you're focused in probably more than anything on the scrum at the end of the game Mark Giordano
0: absolutely spearing him yeah
1: <laughs> i love that by the way i love i know that people don't like because i because I, I heard about that i love the conversation that's going on around austin matthews for that one by the way okay because people wanted him like there's people out there who him to stand up as he started it
0: right that, so i and,
1: like i obviously don't want the guy fighting and i get that
0: but I've heard a little bit of the conversation via Steve Dangle podcast. Um, Here's my opinion on it. When you initiate conflict twice in the same scrum and then refuse to get physically involved. Right. mm, We're looking at some, some like Ty Domi shenanigan territory. And obviously I'm not comparing those two as players, but just, you know what I'm talking about. You remember the clip of Ty Domi, Slashing somebody, running—you, you you know the clip I'm talking about, where he's running from sixteen different people, and then
1: and and then and then going
0: third man in on another situation on on somebody who's getting tied up, right? Right? And I'm not saying Austin Matthews did that. He didn't do anything like inherently nasty, dirty, whatever.
1: But it's, no, but it's the second, like your, to your, your your point is it's the second one. If he initiates something with, if he initiates something with Travis connecting and they don't like, and the rest of his teammates don't like what they see, it's, it's, oh my goodness. He's not their captain, but he's their best player.
0: They're diving it. Right. And he would have been their captain. Nope.
1: This isn't happening tonight. Totally. This game is over. I'm taking this into my own hands. I give Giordano zero
0: grief for stepping in. But
1: Konechny was still out there at that given moment after it had settled, and he doesn't. And Matthews comes back
0: over and cross checks him. Right. At that point. When you re engage, you're asking for it. At that point, Konechny should drop the gloves and start swinging. Like he's come at you twice in two separate, uh, isolated incidents with a little bit of a scrum in between. He circled back around and cross checked you again. That is a re engagement. And at that point, we're throwing hands. I don't care that he's given up eighty pounds and almost a foot. You know,
1: do you know something though? I know where you're coming from. There is a lot to be very careful with in that situation, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. You have a lot of. First of all, in that given moment, you have a lot of your key guys out there at that given moment. Like if connect out there, then I like Hayes, I think was out there. Like you don't want anybody who's that significant to your roster and like they already have enough injuries. They don't need anybody else. Hold on. They don't need anybody else getting hurt. Here's another part of it that I think is important because I've seen this enough times to know what happens. So I didn't get a chance to look at this team in person until that San Jose game. That was like regular season wise. I've only been like I've only been to three home games, obviously, because that's all that they've been home for outside of the first two games they played. Right. If a scrum happens on the ice and Tony D'Angelo is on the ice, there is a look in his eyes that he is not going to let it go, and that is at one point in time or another going to get him in serious trouble. Oh yeah. And and he was on and the. We've ice already at the seen end, that. And he's well. We know we have. We haven't seen, seen it get yet. him in. No, we haven't seen it get him in trouble yet. But you can tell. You look at the look on his face. Look at the way like. The exertion the, of energy to the, the go the, hard after somebody mentally
0: soft. Maybe he's like, getting he's chirped. Say whatever he's he's getting chirped in every game, and he's snapping in every game. Brady Kachuk lived um, in his head yesterday.
1: I don't think I didn't. Well, unless I missed something, I don't think he was that bad yesterday. Like, and it's not about him being bad.
0: It's not about like, him no, being bad. It's about him taking a stupid penalty. It's about him. Like, and I don't think he did that yesterday, but just we right, I, I don't think he took a stupid penalty yesterday. But he's done it before. He's done it this season. I I don't remember what game, but he took a stupid no, penalty I know. at some well, point I, where well, he's just I, so slashing just say, somebody for no. They reason. were
1: I want to say it might have been the Florida game because it I felt I think it felt like it was one of those types of games where they had already seen the team, so
0: that game bubbled for sure.
1: Well, and let's put it this way, let's especially if you like and uh, look, I was up late enough last night that I saw this. If you you know Florida played on the West Coast last last night. They got some pests too because uh personally if, if the clip is out there just look up what Matthew Kachuk did last night and he should be getting a phone
0: call today but Oh yeah, I I agree. You know, he should be getting a phone
1: call today. But so I'm not like I'm not denying that there aren't pests on Florida's roster. But for sure I kept saying in the press box that night if he doesn't calm down, he's going to take an unnecessary penalty. Yep. Like he's got to calm down and he doesn't know how to that's and, the part that's the most worrisome is yep. he doesn't know how to.
0: Right. The So one of the things I love about Scott Lawton is that he plays with a grit. He plays with a fire. He's involved in the nasty stuff. He's involved right. in the chirping. He's involved in the physicality. But he doesn't let it affect his play most of the time. Most okay. of the time. Sometimes I, the wires cross.
1: No, I, I got to give somebody credit that I – Listen, I I, I wouldn't normally go here with this one. I gotta give somebody credit because I think not only is he playing on a good level like he's given the energy level that people seem to like about him, but he's not doing anything I think overly stupid. Zach McEwen's off to a decent start. Yep, that's exactly the the name I was just like. He's the type of guy who's gonna go out there and get into a fight or do something like that, but he's not like is it it's not the entirety of his game. Right. And I'm not saying and I'm not trying to say that this is the entirety of Tony D'Angelo's game, but when the scrums happen, you have to know when to cut cut it off. When they he can't, he can't stuff, walk away, right. He kind he, of can't. He's McEwen's gonna get... the, but you got other guys on the roster who were brought in here, or the thought was is it's gonna make them tougher, right?
0: Delorier. I don't feel no, but,
1: but I don't feel that from Nick Delorier. No. I don't feel that from Zach McEwen. Like they do they get into the scrums a little? Of course yeah, they do. They're out, they're out That's what they're protectors. getting paid for. Right, they're out there as protectors, but They've cut it off every single time. Like, they're, like Lawton knows when to chill, and I see like, there's defensemen who, like,
0: Ristolainen can get physical, but knows when when not to cross the line. And I mean, like, you know who
1: goes after as, as a defenseman? You know who goes after guys? Pretty tough when it comes to trying to clear. Sometimes I think the guys who are most aggressive in the look of what they're doing are doing it because they're not the best at the position. Like okay. Nick Sealer does this. Nick Sealer, when he decides I'm going he to throw hands. He makes up for lack of
0: talent with enthusiasm. Right. Like, think of it. When yep. he says
1: I'm going to throw hands, he's really throwing hands. It's kind of funny. But, like, you know, and I think the, like to an extent, like, okay, D'Angelo doesn't know when to calm down with it. Here's the funny part about
0: that. Maybe you should just tweet about it.
1: Well, anyway. Here's the, but here's the funny part about it. I was watching the Toronto game, and he's out there in Tavares, Matthews, like, I, I haven't listened to Dangle podcast or that, but I did see his video after the Flyers game, and he put up the picture of Austin Matthews on a power play, on power play alone in the slot. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, because yeah, you realize how bad of a penalty killer Tony D'Angelo is, right? Like, well, I've so- had enough of Tony D'Angelo penalty killer. I agree. I understand why he's on a power play. I understand that uh, like a five on five and right now, given your injury situation, you have to use him in a bigger role. Sure. But I've had enough of Tony D'Angelo, the penalty
0: killer. Uh, You can stop that sentence after I've had enough. Anyway, I hear
1: you. (laughs) But like, no, like Ivan Provorov killing penalties. I understand it.
0: Yep. I, I, at this point, I understand like even Travis Sanheim, Justin,
1: Justin Braun killing penalties. I get it. Nick Seeler killing penalties. Hell, I get it. Right. But, but there is something that I will take solace from last night specifically okay. okay and that is that rasmus versus was a healthy scratch which is another example of if you are not playing to a level that is expected of you
0: then you're not going to play tortorella has been do- tortorella has and,
1: sat down
0: and that's what i'm talking about when i bring up the fact that the culture is better than it was six months right
1: ago. well because uh, because at this point in time you yep. have two examples you have that san jose game where for the entire third period whether you like it or not what was and 13, no, sat. 13 and a half million dollars sat on your bench for the entire third period Yep. against Ottawa. When JVR
0: was already out, who's right. making seven
1: Well, but injury wise, it's a different story. I, no, uh, he de- but I'm he saying, deliberately sat down with JVR years.
0: out. He still chose to sit, you know what right. I mean?
1: Sure. And then against Ottawa, $5 million was a healthy scratch. Yep. Five point. Well, 5.1 if I'm being technical, but you get the point, but like, a guy who makes $5 million was benched and sat out for a game as a healthy scratch over Igor Zamula.
0: John Tortorella wouldn't have put up with any of the Keith Yandel nonsense.
1: (laughs) They should be lucky if that happened the way that it all did. Um,
0: So you mentioned Dangle podcast uh, for a second. Mm -hmm. And when they, when they talked about the game on the most recent podcast, they said a phrase, uh, Steve goes, Carter Hart must be the best goalie in the league. Because the flyers are shocking in their own end, <laughs> and I absolutely believe that because we've been talking. The, the whole theme of this show is the fact that this is Carter Hart propping up the ship.
1: Okay, well here's uh, here's the thing. Let me get you some numbers know, here. Well, I, oh yeah, but because I, I I like I'm assuming that the podcast that Dagle did went off of the post game, like the Leaf fan report, right? Basically, basically because because. To me, and I'm not trying. I'm not criticizing here because if you watched just that game, then yes, that the, the coverage in that in their end in that game was atrocious. Travis Sanheim got beat like a rented mule when John Tavares is making moves around him. Rista looked like garbage. D'Angelo looked like garbage. Provroff probably didn't have the best game because of it. And that night, I think they put in that that was the night that they sat Braun and put in Sealer to play with, or put in Zamula to play with Sealer, which. Speak cool. for itself. I don't even know if they were I don't even know if they were in the ice for any of the goals against. It doesn't matter. Like I know who was on the ice for at least a handful of the goals against because Sanheim played terribly and you know, your penalty kill had D'Angelo on it when Matthew scored a goal. Like think about that. You yeah, know what boy. I mean? Like and I don't need to go into whether or not Sealer and Zamula were out on the ice for a, a situation where they got scored on. Who cares?
0: And it's funny because the way that game played out, like, if it wasn't the second half of a back-to-back, if Carter Hart was in net, they would have had a shot in that game. Like, and I'm not saying I'm not saying Felix Anstrom played terribly because, like, even though he doesn't have a win yet this season, he hasn't been atrocious. I think— He really—I
1: I think that that was probably still his worst
0: game. That's fine. That's fair. Like— He
1: lost to San Jose, and then he lost to – I forget who the other star
0: was. The second goal he gave up against San Jose was weak.
1: Yeah, Um, I'm not denying that. So he lost to San Jose because – what was the other game he would have lost to? Oh, Florida. San Jose was was the second one. So Toronto was the third because he's gotten the back end of a lot of the back-to-backs, which here's the truth of the matter. I don't think it matters that it was a back-to-back.
0: No, that's fair.
1: That Carter, yeah, that Carter Hart doesn't play.
0: i more meant that Carter Hart doesn't play.
1: Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying I think in an ideal situation, Tortorella might play Carter Hart in those games. The problem is they they played against Florida in a back in the back end of a back to back after getting outshot 38 to 24. And now I, you're not playing Carter Hart, even no. if you wanted to. They beat they lose to the Rangers in overtime. Carter Hart had to make 35 saves before giving up the only goal of the game. He's yep. not playing against Toronto the next night, no. even if you wanted him to. No. They had played San Jose had come after a back to uh, after a game against Nashville. That might have been the lightest workload, but he made a lot of skill saves. In yeah. the 32 saves or 32 shots faced and he gave up one goal. So 31 saves. So he wasn't getting that one either. Like. He like I know that Sandstrom has given up four goals against Florida, then two against San Jose. One was an empty netter and five against Toronto. Like I know that that sounds bad because it's ten goals in three games. It's just it's the level of goaltending behind this level of defense at the moment. That's what it
0: is. And it is also worth noting, and this was mentioned on the Steve Dangle podcast as well. Felix Sandstrom wasn't really intended to be the backup this season. Like it it probably should have been Ivan Fedotov, and the whole Russia thing happened, and
1: so who knows. I, okay and here's the thing so here's the thing because we were just to kind of tie it together because this is still
0: about Carter Hart but it's yeah like, yeah and it's I do want to read about. off Carter Hart's numbers in a second
1: sure so. because it because what it comes down to is this because you mentioned the thing about their six three like their six three and two it's all because of Carter Hart who's to say that they couldn't just ride him through the season here's two reasons why number one this level of play is not sustainable this is a team that went four one and one through six games six two and two through ten eight four and two through fourteen. Last season, last year, literally right. a year ago, and then ended and, up
0: just being absolute utter garbage. and
1: literally the very first game after they were eight, four and two through 14 game number 15, they had an incredible rally because they gave up a goal to Tampa Bay with two minutes left, still scored a goal with nine seconds left to get it to overtime to get yep. a point out of the game, which against Tampa Bay at the time you were sitting there going Impressive. That's great. Hey, okay. It's eight, four and three and 15. That's fine. Who right. cares? That little did everybody know that was the start of a ten-game losing streak. Where in the middle of it, you'd fire the coach. Yep, that's number one. There the was first ten-game losing
0: streak of the season.
1: Right, there was right. another ten-game losing streak, which really became thirteen.
0: Oh yeah, nobody through. Nobody's earth. sitting like, here saying we're out of the woods.
1: Right. All I'm trying to say is, just because, because like the for the people who are going to freak out about they're out of the Bedard sweepstakes. No, 15, they're not. eleven games in. Right. No, they're not because and and one of the things I want to point out about that is okay. So the Flyers are tied for tenth in points with fourteen, along with like seven other teams. By the right. way, right, right. Okay, the difference between being the best team in the league is eight points, which also happens to be the difference between being the worst team in the league. Yep. That's four games. Yep. And do you think like if you look at the bottom? Okay, who were the teams that we said were going to be there? If we're talking about the Flyers, who else did we say we're going to be there?
0: Ottawa. Uh, no, I thought uh, – no. I Ottawa, we, we, had out, we had Ottawa a little higher. You're right. Um, we expected Seattle to be there. They've been outplaying that. Uh, really out that. We expect – really outplaying that. We expect Buffalo to be there. Really they've, out they've, they've been outplaying it. Uh, Arizona has been kind of – they are what we thought they were.
1: Yeah, um, but they're not the
0: worst. No. So Arizona's
1: um, at least winning – like, Arizona's got four wins on the year, too. Like – Four wins is only two fewer than the Flyers have. In the that, same that's no- what and, I'm saying. And in the same number of games. So I'm not really worried about that. Like, it's the same difference. But, okay, who was the team that everybody wanted the Flyers to be? And I it's
0: mean, not I, Arizona. I was going to say, I wanted them to be Arizona. No,
1: Chicago. The team okay. that looked Chicago. like they were, that's like fair. the team that, when you looked at the roster, you went, well, they traded away all their good players. So they're deliberately doing it. They, this is what the Flyers mean. Chicago's 5-5-2 five, five, and two, with 12 points and 12. Yeah. So are they doing it right? No. No. Guess what? There's no difference between whether or not, like, what the Flyers are doing. What
0: what changed last year when that 10-game losing streak started? The goaltending fell apart. Like, Carter Hart was playing well, and then that stopped.
1: And that's my my second counterpoint. Right. Which is, they might be winning games, and Carter Hart might be playing outstanding games. That's actually not the part that I don't think is sustainable. I think Carter Hart and his numbers can be. Do you want I to know what I don't think? Do you want to know what I don't think is? Him
0: having to make 40 saves a game?
1: Nope. <laughs> I think that the issue is, at some point in time, you're asking him to make saves that are ridiculous right now. Yep. And at some point in time, he'll tweak something. He'll be, on, he'll be down for two weeks. And you're going to get Felix Sanchez. He'll come San back Eric. before
0: he'll come back before he's healthy, and then he'll be playing hurt all year. I I know we've seen this song and dance before. Welcome to the Philadelphia Flyers.
1: right? And I'm not, and look, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom about it. But what I'm saying is that if you're on the bandwagon of they should be losing, they should be going after one of these prospects, give it time. I mean, oh yeah, oh there's
0: definitely still time. But in the meantime. You'll don't get me wrong,
1: don't get me wrong. I understand the other side of the argument, which sure. is you're 11 games in and at this stage of the game because we are now into November officially, you are going to get to two through two more games this week, which by the way are two very winnable games this week against the two worst, worst right? teams in the league. I mean, let's be like, well, the whole week actually leading up to this point, like leading up to next Sunday is the three worst teams in the league by points. It actually is. Right. So all three of them are winnable and puts you so zero out of six two less no, that, that no but that puts you less than two weeks out from Thanksgiving which is that marker. Yep. So is it possible that they win another two out of three this week sure. and keep the pace that they're on going and are still in the top three or four in the metro and, and you're getting to and you're within two weeks of getting to Thanksgiving? It's possible.
0: Well and that's what I'm saying is so We've gotten a go ahead good, and get
1: Carter Hart's numbers. Right, we've, we've
0: gotten a that. good sample size out of Carter Hart so far. He's played in eight games, eight out of eleven. Yeah, right. He is six zero and two, which is impressive when you talk about the fact that the team is six three and two. His goals against right now is one point nine seven, <laughs> and his save percentage is point nine four six. He has a nine four six. Okay, so do we
1: need do we need to do
0: context at this point? That is literally obscene. Um, Okay,
1: so do we need to do context?
0: I'm pulling up the whole league.
1: Yeah, that's what Um, I have in front of me if you want me to do
0: this. GA, goals against average, he's fourth in the league.
1: Okay, that's not completely true.
0: I I know because it's – No, no, no. no.
1: No, no, Here's why. no. Cam Talbot's the one who doesn't belong out of that group because Cam Talbot's literal first start with Ottawa came last night.
0: I know. We're in small sample size. No, the, other,
1: the other two guys on the list are legitimately better through the, about the same number of games. We said this was his... Jake in- Ottinger is
0: ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Ottinger's played seven, and Ville Husso's played, se- played, played seven. Played seven, right. Husso's at least, active. Ottinger right now is, is down with an injury, unfortunately, for Dallas. Now, they're winning games regardless without him, but... Yeah. But Ottinger... Ottinger kept what he had in the playoffs last year and kept it going, which I'm not surprised by it's he's, he is that good of a goaltender, but Carter Hart is right up there with, I mean, if you look at the other goalies who you would be able to compare that we like beyond, I'm not just going with names you'd recognize, but like, you're trying to find the other goalies who are playing regularly. Cause no offense, but Magnus Helberg. being one on their all place is, yeah. no. is well. It, it's it's the same difference. It's like yeah, it's a guy who barely plays. Logan Thompson would
0: qualify. He has been incredible so far, and that is Connor some, Somehow Vegas finds money. Uh, yep.
1: Hate to hate to say it, or not hate to say it, but funny enough, Stuart Skinner qualifies. He's played five games. Yep. Edmonton's going with Skinner in a re- bit of regularity. Sorokin's played a lot.
0: Stuart o- Skinner's o- a solid goalie. Yeah.
1: Linus Ullmark is probably the first name I come to, though, where I really start to measure something because Linus Ullmark has eight wins to lead
0: the league. For uh, the best team in hockey so far. Like, up until, I mean. Literally,
1: up until I think last night because they lost to Toronto and Vegas won.
0: Right. Boston has been phenomenal this year they are blowing it it all out taking one more run
1: isn't it funny that the two teams at the top of the standings in the league basically not traded coaches but one is the former bruins coach and one is the new bruins coach it is pretty funny like vegas makes a coaching change bruce cassidy as we expected fits in pretty well out there they're doing fine obviously it turns out fine's an understatement
0: healthy jack eichel is a good hockey player yeah
1: funny how that works Right? right
0: Um, okay,
1: um, but, but, but Jim Montgomery's doing a hell of a job in Boston. I mean, you got to give credit well, where
0: it's due. And they are absolutely getting the band back together. Like they have Krejci, Bergeron's back working. There. They Have you looked at their Cat Friendly? Half the team expires this year. Like, they are all
1: ends. But it's working.
0: Oh, yeah. And you have Um, to. And we're going to see similar stuff out of, like, the Penguins over the next couple of years. We've already kind of seen it with them. Like, uh, when you have this core, you got to just be going for it every year. So,
1: there's two things that I'm looking for when I look at the rest of the list beyond what, what we just said about Carter Hart. One is, like, the goalie for the best team in the league, which I just found, like, both of them. Logan Thompson's got a 201, which makes a lot of sense. And then, but Thompson's not playing, like, for the amount of wins that Vegas has, Thompson's not playing every game. Right. You can tell. If he's only got six, like, six wins at most, then he's not playing every game. Right.
0: Well, and he's young and they're being careful. I hear you.
1: All so. Mark has played, like, one, one, eight games and as yeah. a 216.
0: I think Swayman's okay. been hurt. So, yeah. Swayman just got hurt, though. Oh, he did? Okay. Like,
1: he got hurt this week. So okay, they have okay. been splitting.
0: It's been on All Mark. Yeah. But yeah. It- um, and we're talking but, goals against, in save percentage, Carter Hart's third in the league and with Cam Talbot well, only I mean, having one start. I mean, come on.
1: Right. So here's, But here's where I'm going with this. So the other guy who I look for, though, when I look at this list is not just the goalies of the best teams. How about the most recent Vesna winner? How's he doing? Because he's off to a pretty de- see, solid start, too, right? He's off to a decent start. Igor Shosturkin's goals against is 241.
0: Yep. And he's got a 916 save. Yeah, I mean by all standards
1: are elite level numbers.
0: But for him, they're medium to poor. (laughs) Which is crazy. But Carter Hart is is. putting up
1: a two or a one ninety seven goals against and a nine forty six save percentage. And doesn't have like doesn't have any more wins than some of the other guys. Like he has the same look at this list of the guys he has listen to the list of the same number guys who have the same number of wins that Carter Hart does at six. Igor Shastarkin does, which shouldn't come as a surprise. Right. Connor Hellebuck, again, not really a surprise. Logan Thompson with six for Vegas, not really a surprise. Actually, Sam- it's a little bit of
0: a surprise that Winnipeg already has yeah. six six wins, to well, be honest.
1: Well, that was Vegas. Winnipeg has six with Connor well, Hellebuck. No, no,
0: no, I know. I was talking about Hellebuck.
1: I hear like, you. But Hellebuck's good enough that he can win games on his own, I think, is what I'm getting at.
0: I, like, I don't
1: think of Logan Thompson and say, oh, that guy's going to have six wins unless his no. team's really good, I guess.
0: No, Ilya- Connor, Connor Hellebuck is in a much more similar position to Carter Hart.
1: Right. Ilya Samsonov has six for Toronto. And he's
0: been fantastic for them. Alexander
1: Georgiev has six for Colorado, which I think, first of all, there's an irony to the former backup. Thank God he's not still
0: a Ranger. Yeah. But it's funny. I I couldn't handle them having that duo.
1: And do you need me to tell you who the only other goalie on that list with six is? Okay. It's Martin Jones. Flyers legend. So tell me, there's not some irony to Shostakin and his backup, former backup, have the same number of wins, and then Carter and Hart and his, his former, former backup, backup yeah. have the same number of wins, and then marks up there with eight, obviously. And then you start to get into the territory of other guys who have five wins, which is the likes of Mark Andre Fleury, Jack Campbell, Freddie Anderson, it's- Ottinger and Huso both have five. Like
0: something else I wanted to mention about Hart here, real quick, is the fact that he is still just 24. <laughs> Like, I know, I know he had a bad year last year. I know he wasn't great the year before that. Like, I, I know he's had a rough couple seasons here, but the team has been awful in front of him. He's still 24. Yes. Like, most goalies still haven't even debuted in the NHL by now.
1: Is Ottinger the other, like, exception to this rule, kind of? like Yes. Like, there's other guys. Like, Logan Thompson's 25, so that's still very young, obviously, but, like, Villy Huso who's got the same well, level of numbers is 27. Well, right, and, and even just now like everybody finds out who the hell he is, right? Even
0: Ottinger just came up last year right, he's 23. and like kind of made his debut. He's only a year younger than Hart. Carter Hart's been up for like 4 years at this point. This um
1: a, this, honestly though as I'm looking through the list of guys like the guys with the top goals against right now, like Logan Thompson's
0: ex- 25. 25. This is
1: an exciting time for goalies, let me tell you. Ottinger's 23, Huso's 27, Hart 24, Skinner's Thompson's- 24. Hellebuck's only 29, actually. It doesn't feel like it, because it feels like he's been around forever, but he's 29. Sorokin's 27.
0: I can't believe Sorokin's already 27.
1: Mark's 29 and just, like, finally coming into his zone. Um, Sams-
0: Samsonov's only 25. Samsonov's
1: 25? Wow. Shastarkin's still 26. Like,
0: right. Ilya Samsonov was a capital for, like, four years, and is still only 25.
1: Imagine when you get to the point where you're talking about goalies, like, if, if the, like you know the goalies who are getting, like, the bulk of the starts in certain situations, like... Like in Florida, Bobrovsky's still the number one, but Spencer Knight is right there, and you and Spencer Knight's got a two fifty three in his whatever number of games, four games. His save percentage is not really good. His save, his save percentage is eight ninety nine. That's not good, but he's twenty one. Like yep. the next ones are on the way. Like the guys like you almost expect to be hearing more about in this grouping is like, okay, Freddie Anderson's 33. Okay, I get that, you know? Yep.
0: Yeah, that that last big batch. Darcy, the... Kemp,
1: Darcy Kemper's 32. Freddie last... Anderson's got a 225 and he's 40.
0: Over the last two or three years, we have seen a pretty hefty changing the guard. You had Pekka Renee retire. You had Henrik Lundqvist retire. You had Tuka Rask retire. Uh, Brayden Holtby might still be clinging on somewhere, but he's on his way out. There's a big changing of the guard. The, the goaltending class just got about ten years younger over the last couple of years, and it's exciting to see. Do you
1: know which um, name do you know name we haven't mentioned okay. in this whole conversation about goaltending numbers? You have to go like you have to go past the top twenty five to find him. Okay. Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah.
0: I, I traded for him in fantasy this year, so of course he's starting out medium. Here's
1: nope. and th- that's a great way to put it though, because I didn't keep
0: I didn't keep Carter Hart because I traded for Andre Vasilevsky. It's going great. Yeah. Like
1: because you're no, because you're right. These aren't bad numbers. No. A 287 goals against and a nine eleven save percentage is exactly you know, you know what that is? That's exactly where Carter Hart was living a couple of years ago. Yep. You know, looking like looking okay. Like, you knew something wasn't completely right with him. He's getting scored on a little more than you would like, but he's not ki- he's not the one who's killing you.
0: Right. And as we're getting towards, you know, that quarterway mark of the season, we're not there yet. We're just past kind of the 10% mark. But as we start getting closer to that quarter mark, you, you're going to start to see these numbers but matter. like. Sure.
1: But it's very interesting because, like, uh, another guy who's not off to the best start who was a Vesna candidate last year, Jacob Markstrom's got a 284 goals against and a 900 save percentage. That's kind of pedestrian compared yeah. to some of these other numbers you're seeing. Or Cal- how about-
0: Calgary's got some stuff there, figure figuring.
1: Or out. how about a guy like UC Soros who was in the Vesna conversation for the last several years with a 312 and a 904 save percentage? Like,
0: that's average. Well, we talk about Carter Hart's performance being unsustainable. Andre, yeah. like those performances are unsustainable in the fact that you the, you know they're going to turn it around.
1: The only guy who I would sit there and say the answer to that is I don't know is Soros because I I kind of don't know what Nashville is anymore.
0: That's that's valid, and I think Nashville like, doesn't necessarily know what they like are. I, I
1: think Calgary's record is what it is when Markstrom's not giving them near perfection like he was. I think that. Look, Tampa was at one point in time one three and zero in their first four games. Now they've played twelve games and are seven four and one. Like hey, they right, exactly worth, like. I think that you can pinpoint that, like a team that's six one and one in their last or six zero and one in their last. Or no, I had it right. Six one and one. Sorry, I was looking at Winnipeg's record, which is seven three and one. Okay. Um, but like a, a, a team that's got six wins in their last eight games is trending in the right direction. I do think that Vasilevsky's numbers are going to suffer this year in terms of mileage. Like you've played a lot. You can't deny you've played a lot. I think mileage catches up to a goaltender.
0: Brian Elliott might get a lot of starts this year.
1: I mean, Brian Elliott's no spring chicken anymore. No, I know. Well, right.
0: But you don't care about how many miles you're putting on Brian Elliott. You're, you're, you're going to load manage Vasilevsky to make sure he's in the best shape possible for the playoffs.
1: Right, but so, so there's the difference, though. There's a difference between a 20... He's 28 years old. It feels like he's 32. Because I, yeah. when you've played the duration of the seasons that you have, like, when you're playing 20 extra games a year in the playoffs, and he gets all of them, and especially the first year that they won, like...
0: Just every series went to seven, didn't it? It was like seven, that six, wasn't seven, even, seven, or
1: that's not even the reason that I'm thinking that. Okay. the re the reason being that when, like, okay, okay, I keep forgetting they don't count the, they're not counting those as playoff games. But he had to play three other games, like so. Right,
0: he played Andre, three
1: other games.
0: Andre Vaslav Robin. Can, he's played three hundred and seventy three career regular season games. Right, he's played a hundred and four postseason games. Isn't that nuts? He has a, he's 28 years old and has an extra 100 games on his record. He's played almost 500 games already. And as a goalie, that's obscene.
1: In, in the playoffs, by the way, like the last three years, this is the, like, for, if you're looking for amount of work, like his numbers are outstanding in the playoffs, obviously. Yeah. But the last three years, 740, 699, and 752 shots against. Yep. By the, the way, his,
0: his career record in the playoffs. This is ridiculous. 663 <laughs> and 38. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Insane. Uh, I think I think the goals against the last 2 years and or the first 2 years that they won the cup in the playoffs is absurd also. 190 both years. He safe percentage of those years was was 927 and 937 like
0: that's He he's going to hit 250 career wins this year. He's got 233 right now. He'll get to 250. Yeah, he will. Insane. Incredible. Um, Okay. Anyway, back to Carter Hart. Um, We have seen in the past goalies have a spectacular season and maintain it through the whole season, right? Right. We've seen guys like Martin Brodeur do it. We've seen guys like uh, Henrik Lundqvist. How many times did Henrik Lundqvist single-handedly drag the Rangers to the playoffs? If... I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if Carter Hart does that, and I think he's capable of that,
1: I I think at this point, sure,
0: I think the Flyers have a shot. I think if there is any sort of dip, I think that makes it tough because I don't like I don't think Felix Anstrom has played that poorly, but I think like I think the team in front right. of them has looked pretty similar. Sure. Carter Hart is good enough to make the difference. Yes, he is, and There's- Felix Anstrom just isn't.
1: There's a couple things that are going to come into play for me. Not about Carter Hart specifically here, but there's, yeah. like, because we keep talking about Sandstrom, too. I, at some point in time, I envision if if he doesn't pull out a win at some point soon that they go to Sam Harrison instead. I think just you got to give him a shot. Right? But just to try to give somebody a shot, I don't know Sandstrom if...
0: Sandstrom doesn't need waivers, right?
1: Uh, I don't believe so, okay. no. Not at this stage, but... But there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things to consider, and like with with guys on the team who may, you know, like a week ago when we're watching the game against Carolina, and Morgan Frost is getting five minutes a game. We're sitting there going, "How long until he's on waivers?" Like seriously, and he and he does need them. And how long until this happens? Because Tortorella is not warming up to this kid. It feels like now credit to Tortorella in this case because he credited. Frost's line with really establishing a four check in the game against Ottawa. And, and he didn't hold back on the fact that he's like, if, if you're going to praise like Frost and Lazinski and guys like that, then that's good because it says that they're doing something without scoring goals that stands out to you and makes and, makes and makes you say then I'm not going to bench. Like Frost was benched yep. recently enough. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it says something to, okay, this was good. This was progress. I don't know if what Carter Hart's doing is sustainable. It Look, nobody does. It could be. I think there's an irony to the fact that everything about John Tortorella's coaching style and everything about his teams has is like every team he has. He has a goaltender. Every team he has. He has a really good goaltender that he leans on and he's able to do it right now. Does that happen for the whole year? does it happen through thanksgiving does it happen through christmas who the hell knows but for right now you can't deny what kind of year he's having through eight games and
0: spectacular like
1: okay what what game whatever game it was i, I guess it would have been the florida game because he won the game at that point he was 5 and 0 hadn't lost a game yet gave up three goals for the first time all season and we were able we were waiting to get into the locker room laughing because at the fact that his save percentage dropped by like two points.
0: I know. Like it, ridiculous. Isn't
1: that funny? He gave up three goals for the first time in the entire season. His save percentage dropped by two points. Yep. Like, okay. No no big deal. Like it didn't even like initially, it didn't even really register with me last night when they beat Ottawa two to one that you're like, oh, yeah, by the way, he just makes another 33 saves and out of 34 and gave up just one goal. So the goals against is going to
0: dip. If you want this team to be bad, if you want this team to tank, you have to be in favor of trading him. It's that simple. He's he's going to steal you too many points. And if he steals you enough points to get you in the playoffs, fine. Fine, because at that point, I, whatever, why not? You got something to play for, I guess. Uh, sure, right? and like Nick Delorier is going to run hog wild in the playoffs. Um, but if he doesn't, like I, my biggest fear as a lifelong Flyers fan, I've seen it far too much. Carter Hart is going to win you just enough points to finish ninth in the conference, and you're going to end up with a garbage draft pick, and you're not going to make the playoffs and we're just medium again. Like how do you feel about right. picking 15th every year?
1: All right, here's something that I want to br- here's something I'll bring up then that maybe you'll change your mind about this for a second. Okay. Okay. And I'm not trying to discount what Carter Hart has done so far. This is not to discount Carter Hart. Sure. Who have the Flyers beaten so
0: far? You beat Tampa, you beat Florida who's been rough to start the season. Um, you beat the Devils, Vancouver.
1: Okay, so so let's let's some, try some to some pretty medium teams. But let's let's do this in a different way. They okay. beat the Devils first. Right. The Devils are the third best team in the league today, but that was the very first game. You they no were not going to happen and right. they didn't play well, right? End of story. You beat Vancouver. Vancouver is 27th in the league. Awful. Okay. You beat Tampa at the time who came out of the gate kind of struggling. Like now they're 8th in the league. Sure. But at the time, you had them vulnerable. You lost to Florida first, then eventually beat Florida. So you did have that
0: win against Nashville in there too. I know I'm getting
1: to them in a second, but Okay. Florida's 18th in the league right now, so okay, they've taken a dip. Nashville, 24th in the league.
0: I also think Florida is one of those teams that had a bit of a slow start, but will end up being a solid team.
1: Okay, and now you're so I got to five, right? So your sixth was Ottawa, who is 30th in the league. Uh, Let's right. talk again and look. You're going to play. Like, this is where I'm getting at, You're going to play St. Louis next, who's 31. You're going to play Columbus after that, 32, and then play Ottawa again, who's 30.
0: Yep. The and week. then you play Dallas, and then you go right back to Columbus and play Columbus again.
1: I hear you about the go back right back to Columbus thing, but you play Dallas, who's fifth, yep. and you got Boston coming up, who's second. Yep. Let's see what happens when they play a team who's been good the whole year. Not I Tampa, agree. who's out there. not Tampa who was off to a tough start. Not not New Jersey, who had one game you know, it was the first game, you didn't even know what to expect. Okay, fine.
0: But what are the other two games that Carter Hart has played? The overtime the Rangers, loss to Carolina. And, and the overtime lost team. to the Rangers. So,
1: okay, but Carolina came back around and they lost to a team that was better than they are. Fine. And the they Rangers...
0: S- Carter Hart single-handedly got you a point against the Rangers.
1: Oh, for sure. Well, that I, I, listen, this is the crazy thing about standings, right? Today, you're waking up and they are four points behind the first place New Jersey Devils. That sounds weird to say, by the way. Yeah, right? Um, at, so the Devils have 18 points, the Flyers have 14. The difference between the Flyers being Tied for second, or yeah, tied for second place, is two minutes. Yep, because it is literally on the on a game against Carolina where they were two minutes away from a regulation three to two win, and instead it went to overtime and they lost in overtime. Yep. That is the difference between the Flyers have fifteen points, and so do the Carolina Hurricanes. Actually, better yet, you would be able to swap. Carolina would lose a win, right. get a regulation loss. Flyers lose an overtime loss and get a win. They would have the exact same record, 7-3-1.
0: That is the and, difference, two minutes. And everyone looks at Carolina and says, oh, that's a team that's going to the playoffs.
1: Oh, yeah. like. But this is the thing about playoff teams, right? The Flyers are third in the division today. And Buffalo's in a playoff spot. And the Islanders are in a playoff spot. Not everybody had those teams making it. New Jersey's leading the division. Not everybody had them there. Go no. to the other side. Go to the other side. Seattle second in their division. Chicago's in a playoff spot. Who had them there? Nobody. A lot hey, of people didn't think Winnipeg was going to be good. Winnipeg's second it, in the division.
0: It's been a very strange season so right. far.
1: And the teams yeah. that are out of the playoffs right now that everybody kind of thought, well, yeah, sure. They'll probably make it. St. Louis, Calgary. Um, go to the other side. A lot of people. Well, the Rangers are currently Both Toronto and the Rangers are technically out of a playoff spot today. I know it's on a technicality. But they're out of a playoff spot today. Florida, out of a playoff spot. Pittsburgh, Washington, Ottawa, who everybody was high on. You know, Columbus, who got the forward everybody wanted in free agency, has three wins.
0: Yep. Yeah, I I expect things to be different by our next show, just because we're still early enough in the season that things change every other day. Um, and like but we were they, talking about earlier, it's it's four games to the top of the league or four games to the bottom of the league. Like right, it, I could- just
1: I just can't get so hopped up on they've won six out of eleven games. They're they're at fourteen points. They're throwing away the opportunity for this guy or that guy. I don't think that's the case because I've seen like I'm sorry they got off to what was like even the year before like last year I can I can remember the records vividly six two and two eight four and two. That was the records between ten games and fourteen games.
0: The now, year you before had a that was the fifty-six game, which is
1: different. But at the yeah. same time, they were affected by twenty thousand different things. This, that, the other thing, and they went and they were going to play super short-handed. Like their, what was the record after they right before the COVID, like the COVID hit, like surge hit that? Their <sighs> record at that time, oh really, was eight three and two. Like, there's something about they start off the first 14 games or so playing really well the last yep. two years, and then it goes off the cliff. Does this go off the cliff, too? Like,
0: I like, think that's going to come down to whether John Tortorella has fixed the culture or not.
1: It probably does, but that's why – like, can you understand why, like, so far – like, I know you do. I'm talking about everybody else right. out there. Like, can you understand why I'm not going crazy over six wins in 11 games when we've exactly. seen this act the last two years? Hey, they, like, like – and think about how – think about the trajectory – of the way 2020 ends. They look like the hottest team in the league. Everything stops. They come into the playoffs. They win the first, they win the preseason game, the first three games after, win game one against Montreal. It's all looking great. From they an, win a playoff series. Then it ends. Okay, seven game series against upstart team like the Islanders. They were, you know, coming The Islanders you. were
0: great that year. Yeah. They
1: had a great, yeah, they, they were really good. Exactly. And, that ends and they start the next season off when everything comes back in January and they go out and they start win- – and and we and the conversations were exactly the same. Yep. Eight, three, and two to start 2021 and everybody would watch and go, well, what they're doing isn't sustainable but they're winning. Well, how can you deny it? And right. the thing was is that – But then time, every
0: year the team proved to us that we were correct and that it wasn't sustainable.
1: Not necessarily proved correct. The first year, everybody – was kind of shocked by it, I think, because 8-3-2 and two was, this isn't sustainable, but the team was really good last year, so I'm sure it's going to come around at some point. Right. And it never did. It fell off a cliff. So then the next year, there was skepticism, but it was, okay, they're 8-4-2. Eight, they're eight, and two. Surely it's not sustainable, but they're winning games. I can't deny that. And then it fell off a cliff. And this year, everybody thought they were going to be terrible. And now they are... Six, three, and two. And it's like like imagine if they win this these next two games and get to that eight, three, and two mark again. Or close enough to.
0: So I've said this before and I'll say it again. From an on-ice momentum standpoint, right. I don't know if any franchise in the league got hit as hard as the Flyers did by COVID. Going back to that like the 2020 original stoppage. And again strictly from an on ice perspective. I'm not talking about Marco Rossi missing a whole year. I'm not talking about people getting sick. That all, that all happened to everybody. And I understand that, but the Flyers were the best team in the league hitting that break. We were like four weeks out from the playoffs and that team was clicking and red hot.
1: So to bring like, funny enough to bring it back to where we started in a way, if you, you know, if like we started with 20 minutes of baseball, and the run that this team was just on that just came up a couple games short. W- was that a possibility without this, right? Like, if the world doesn't stop in March of 2020 and the team's playing at that kind of level, challenging for the division, everything is going so sky-high beyond expectations. You know, or or what if they win that game seven and get Tampa? And again, no one's going to give you a shot against a team like Tampa, yep. but... Maybe they knows? have something, right? Who knows? Like Carter Hart
0: was playing fantastic hockey in that bubble. Sure, and he, he could have stolen you.
1: What I'm trying to get at from that is, is that look, there's a lot of reasons why it's not sustainable. I'm not trying to bring people down with this. It's let's put this way. People were having this conversation at four two and zero. If we would have done a show the day after you were at the game, we would have had the same conversation. Yep. Is this for real? You know. Carter Hart's four and uh, playing out of his mind, brilliant. The conversation hasn't changed with the same with double the amount of games that have been played nope. since that point.
0: So why like, isn't the conversation it is over Carter over
1: so it, right? So it, it, there's really no rhyme or reason. to Anything it's just weird. Sports yep. are weird sometimes. Like Absolutely. I think we've established this. Weird things happen. I don't know where it's going to go. I can't wait to check in. We're I think we're going to be on the two week thing again for a little bit because next weekend I am. So uh, oh by the way, I think we should mention with the Ottawa game being last night. Yeah. The return you know, the not the return, but well the return of Claude Giroux is the upon return us pretty much.
0: Yeah. It was it was played his his first game team the game against the organization. He played
1: his former team for the first time. Now the return the return to Philadelphia is upon us. I do so think how much little... how
0: much how much did you win on betting Giroux anytime goal scorer? Because that was a lock. Come on.
1: I, I didn't think about it like that to be honest. It only took two two minutes and forty four seconds, which shouldn't surprise anybody. I mean
0: I'm willing to bet somewhere in the Delaware Valley Somebody, some put down, some money. somebody put down somebody put down a hundred bucks on Giroux first goal scorer and they had a good night.
1: I don't know if I would have gone first if I was doing that type of stuff, because like
0: even any time probably paid you pretty well.
1: Well, right, because I'm like, I, like, I would think any time would be a better bet because of the fact that first really sets the tone. Like and what does Claude
0: Giroux love more than setting a tone?
1: Yeah, but see, I almost feel like it's set up for if they would have gone to overtime, you know he would have been out there. The game winner. I'm like, yeah. yeah, like like depends. Okay, so depending on what betting service you would use, you could always bet last goal, and that would yeah. have been a fun bet. Like he's going to score the game winner or, or he'll have an empty netter at the end or something, right? Like,
0: yeah. It was guaranteed that Claude Drew was doing something. So okay, something so that game. a little
1: piece of history from that goal, by the way, because first of all, now he has officially scored against every team in the league.
0: Okay, I'm not surprised, but
1: yeah. but it also was his 300th career goal.
0: I didn't know that. Yeah, But con- you know what? Congratulations, Claude. Which, yeah, congratulations is right. Like we've I, never, you know, you we, know what was the, there was you know a little what, bit of ill will when he decided to. Well, I'm only going to Florida, but like sure. other than that, I mean. There we is a level bugs.
1: of irony. There is a level of irony to me that he got to play against Florida as a former teammate before he got to play against Philly as a former teammate. That's funny. Like they had, and they had a freaking tribute for him and stuff did like they that. Really? I think they did. I saw something about a thank you to, him. they did. It was probably him. just
0: a thank you. I doubt he got like a package. Um,
1: still, still, there was that. There was a post about a thank you.
0: By the way, I have talked about this San Jose game a couple times. I did want to mention there was a very nice video package because it was the return of Oscar Lindblom to Philadelphia. Yes, so there it I, was. It was beautiful. Anyway, um, when, and when Claude Giroux returns to Philadelphia next Saturday, it will be tenfold. Okay, if he so- doesn't cry, I'm going to get mad. All
1: right, so here's the deal with for this, by the way, because I've already seen this. First of all, I will not be at that game. Okay. I know it sounds nuts. I'm in a wedding that day. I will not be at that game. I don't even I to be honest, that one I will not even really be watching because
0: Okay. It, look, it's a mid-afternoon it's, game.
1: Well, it is, but the wedding in California catered to four o'clock start east coast. Works for me. One o'clock west coast. I'll be done by the time the wedding starts. Uh, this wedding starts at 3 30 in the afternoon. And being that I am not just like only a guest, I am in the wedding. I my day starts at noon.
0: Yeah, fair so, enough.
1: So so one o'clock in the afternoon is going to result in.
0: We, I can't wait to see the guys, pictures. The pictures from that wedding, where you're just kind of watching on your phone.
1: <laughs> um. I, well, th- listen. There's a buddy, at least one buddy of mine, who's in it with me, who will definitely find a way to keep track. Um, but being there was going to be something special. Obviously, yeah. They have already told people.
0: Get to early. Be
1: because they're doing it all
0: pregame. Okay. Like, like probably a great decision. Like.
1: As, as for, with all due respect to anybody else like Oscar Lindblom or anybody else who comes you along, you weren't the
0: captain of this team for almost a decade. The guy
1: who played a thousand, literally a thousand games on the dot with this team is getting a pregame welcome back.
0: The best player in franchise history. I said it.
1: Um, I can't go there. We had that, we did the bracket way back when. I know you know who the best players I in know. franchise
0: history are. I know. There's,
1: there's two. I, I think like you, Drew is definitely top five. You can make an argument for top three, potentially because he's play, he played here longer. I don't know if he has quite the, the performance chop that Lindros.
0: The gave. hardware, right?
1: Well, even the number, the statistical numbers, Lindros was more of a goal scorer than Drew That's ever fair. was. That's but, but but beyond that point, like, so unfortunately I am missing the tribute thing and things like that, but there's an element of this that was surprising that he came out and really set the tone early. Like he scores a goal, former team, like everybody knew it was a big deal. And then that team Carter Hart was a big part of it. Don't get me wrong, but that team couldn't figure anything out for the rest of the game. No, you know, like, it's interesting how that was it. Like the yep. big moment for them came two minutes in and then two, three minutes in and then you know the Flyers get one on a power play, and they get which I think was literally the first shot of the game, and you know Zach McEwen, Snipe City, you know top corner.
0: I I made a joke about it earlier in the show, but it was pretty.
1: By the way, the Flyers tweet last night was perfection off of that goal.
0: Okay, I didn't say it.
1: Big Mac with top cheese.
0: <laughs> oh, that's, that's a great. That's it's a great good. note to get out of here. That is. Pardon the pun. That is too cheesy for me. Yeah. Um, All right, we are going to get out of here real quick. I did also want to mention the last little slide that we have here is that Sean Couturier had another back surgery and will be missing uh, a very significant portion of time, at least three to four
1: months, which very possibly the season. Which to put a bow on everything, because when there was a little bit of a period of time where the talk was maybe three to four weeks and it'll be okay, right? Like. No, like this oh. is exactly what I kind of speculated against, which was how do we know that in another two or three weeks, he'll be trying something and they'll sit there and say, you know what? The only answer is surgery. And I don't, he's not out for
0: half a year. For the record, I don't really trust the Philadelphia Flyers medical staff at this point. We've documented those issues on the show. No, you know who times, people probably...
1: trust more than that? The guy who's been on top of all of these bit more than anybody who's known about every significant injury that's happened.
0: Okay. And San Philly. Yep. I trust WebMD more than I trust the Flyers doctor. Well, that, and and
1: for medical advice, I hear you there. And um, and WebMD tells
0: you everything's going to kill you, but, so.
1: But Anthony Sanfilippo again like could miss significant time Fantastic and they tried follow to down, on Twitter and they tried to downplay it and do it oh this could be low lower, you know, timeline 3 to 4 weeks he might be able to come back. He got on the ice and tried to skate and as soon as he was off the ice, you knew something was wrong. Yep. And, and Ant- now Philly- it's 3 to 4
0: And San Philly is the second best follow on Flyers Twitter behind only at Kevin underscore Darso.
1: No, he's, he knows so much and you got to give credit where it's due. He had that, he had that one from a mile away. And as soon as you saw that there was, he wasn't skating anymore. And there was talks about a setback to come back with surgery. No, like no warning. It was just out there three to four months surgery. Boom. Done.
0: Well, the nice thing is if this team does manage to keep themselves floating around any sort of playoff contention, Sean Couturier will be a great trade, de- trade deadline ad.
1: Sure. I Basically, mean, like
0: he's not, I mean, they're not officially. March, but like
1: March-ish is about like when you can think about this probably. Yeah, that's fair.
0: If but. you're in that, okay, so if you're in the position to make a run, Sean Couturier comes back and helps your team as your number one center. If you're not in a position to make a run, he shouldn't play. I, I would fully expect it to be honest. I mean,
1: don't get me wrong like I'm pleasantly surprised at how Joel Farabee's held up and not one what it's early
0: they haven't ruined him yet.
1: I know, but he's taken some hits where you go, ooh, that doesn't like well
0: and coming off the neck surgery right, right
1: specifically for him, you're like, oh no and he pops right back up and he seems fine. so I'll give him that and you know certainly they've had you know we already know about the Ryan Ellis thing that's not a mystery anymore. Maybe, you know, the biggest mystery at this point, and I kind of had to answer this question for somebody on Twitter the other day, is Cam Atkinson is still kind of like a floating timeline. Right. And I, Day-to-day, like, week-to-week. Well, I tried, I kind of tried to bury that one a little bit, like, not in the sense that like, like, basically kind of in a way where it's like, stop asking. Right. Because they've kind of hinted week-to-week, stop asking, it's going to be a while. Yeah. End of story. So, the, the group you see is the group you get, and- They've won six games out of 11 so far. We'll see what happens in the next couple weeks and what we have to talk about.
0: And we have two big weeks to talk about. Like we said earlier, a week where they play all the worst teams and then a week where they play a bunch of the good teams. So yeah, right in the middle in two weeks, we will have a much better picture of who this team is. Um, So until then, for all your news here, follow at Kevin underscore Darso, follow the podcast at YWT podcast, uh, follow us everywhere. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. It has been forever since I've said something about that. But make sure to subscribe over there. It was um, forever
1: since we did a show. All right,
0: like Make sure to follow at Sports Talk Philly as well, at Sports Talk PHL. Other than that, I we've had a lot of hockey to talk about. and In a couple weeks, we'll have – a lot more like I said I think we'll know a lot more about where the team is in a couple of weeks so until then uh, I think it was a pretty good one it was a long one but it had to be we've we've been away for a little while too much to get to so uh, two weeks from now we'll, uh, we'll see ya